Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, episode 29 of the 2014 offseason. This is our last 2014 offseason podcast. Good work, guys. We did done 29 of these suckers since the Super Bowl ended, and uh, Richard Sherman was crowned the best cornerback in the world. Um, this is show 142. And tonight we're going to be talking about, you know, we've got some people still have their drafts going on this weekend. We had, we've had some drafts ourselves, so we're going to go and talk about a lot of up-to-the-date news on players we've drafted, players we're really excited on, and more mojo since our drafts, and uh, that kind of information is going to help you guys for any, dra- any drafters this weekend. As usual, to the left, I got Houdini. Across the way from me, I got Dogmatica. I'm D-Rex, we are Pyromaniac.com, and... I have a feeling we're going to give you a lot of fantasy football information over the next, hopefully, two hours, but it could be three. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy. 29 episodes. This is it. Next week, episode one of the regular season, and we are watching football that means something. A week from tomorrow, NFL kickoff is upon us. And, uh, you know, great friggin' game. We're going to talk next week in our next podcast when we start doing it on Tuesday for our next one. But that game is going to be all about the week one matchups. Week one, uh, you know, what, what those guys, what are, what are, what's Aaron Rodgers going to do against the best defense in the Seattle Seahawks in that Thursday night game? That kind of minutiae. Well, maybe we should defense. cover a little bit of that in this podcast. Sure. Since, uh, that Tuesday, it, it, for th- those people who... Good, uh, I like that. We'll give a little, at the end, we can give a little taste. Okay, Absolutely. I like that. And that's what I was going to say. Good idea. A week from today, you'll be getting the podcast as opposed to us recording it and you getting it the next day. So a week from today is well, I always the next no, day. I always get it. I always I've been getting it this. You know, I get it up that three night. in the morning. Yeah, it takes me a <laughs> while. I'm crushed. But the thing is, is that it's a week earlier. We'll be putting it up at three in the morning. Yeah, a, a day earlier. A, a yeah, day yeah. earlier. Oh, it's yeah. gonna be, yeah. It's, much, it's better than getting it Tur- two, Thursday at the very first hour of the day or second hour of the day. You're gonna get a Wednesday, Wednesday probably Wednesday. first hour of the day. Um, yeah, it's exciting. You know, we've always said in this podcast, for you, those of you that listen to us regularly, we know there are a lot of you. We love the off-season stuff and love just kind of the free form and doing a lot more of strategy and heady kind of teaching you how to fish type of stuff. And that's all great, and it's been a great off-season. I think we've done some amazing podcasts. Our listenership has gone through the roof, so thank you for those of you that are new joining us on this journey. But at the same time, I'm really excited to be obviously watching football. I mean, that goes without saying. But doing these week-to-week things while we're kind of limited in our in our subject matter for for give, you know because we don't have enough time, it's kind of going to be sweet to be starting about actual games, actual matchups, actual player against player instead of all this off-season mumbo jumbo. Well, it, it, it finally hit home for me this last week because I'm in all the leagues that I'm in. I've, I've had. Two of my uh, six, seven drafts so far. And uh, next one is tomorrow. <laughs> Two of my seven. You got. You should go to fantasy football counseling. <laughs> this is my fantasy football counseling. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's why you're on this show. Exactly. We thought you were trying to do this for your readers. You're just trying to soak, soak dog and D-Rex like a sponge. We, we have always had that same problem, although I figured mine out real quick. And my, my answer was pyro. But I used to do ten baseball leagues and seven football leagues. Jesus. Jeez. That's when I worked at Stats, and it was all day, all night, every single day. 
I had no choice but to do it at that point. But the, the thing is, is that I'm ready for reality. And that's what's coming this next week. It's sick. It's sick. Well, before we go on and say anything, I want to I want to thank both of you guys um, for we you know we'll talk a bunch about the draft that me and Dog had in our oldest league. We'll talk about some of Houdini's drafts and talk about things that really stood out and really excited us uh, and kind of some trajectory for some of our teams. And um, but I want to thank you guys for. Since doing this podcast, you know, this is our 142nd show together, which is awesome. But thank you, especially for this offseason, for giving me such a wealth of knowledge for what's been going on in the league, new kind of schemes and kind of uh, trends in the league, and new players and new situations. And there's just no question about it. I feel like I was more prepared in that draft that we did on Saturday than I've ever been in my entire life. No question about it. Obviously, that goes to a lot of prep time and doing these tiers like we did every time. But I thank you guys because um, you know your strength and schedule helps so much. Stags's uh, pyro power rankings help so much. Suits's power and numbers help so much. A lot of the great components and you know career career beware and, and things that you really stand by. Know your league and all that stuff. All these kind of different components that each of you guys have have, have given us. And with dog, usually it's just these crazy stats that you're like. You'll throw out a stat about a player or a situation or how something's changed for another. and It really sinks in, you know, guys. This year, for me, guys like Mike Wallace and Tannehill, I'm super, super high on, super, through the roof high on, on both of them because of a lot of advice that you've given. So thanks a lot for you because if I do or when I do win the championship, I need a lot of luck. But if that happens and I can win the championship in that league, I owe a lot of it to you. Uh, and I think our listeners, we hear it all the time, say that to us. Thanks for all the hard work. You guys are the best. Podcast is sick. So, thanks, guys. Holy shit, you geeks are badass. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We are fantasy football geeks. But we're the rock stars of this fantasy football geek shit. And uh, we're never going to let you down. So... You know, I think the best thing to do is, is talk about, you know, a piece of information that came out today, and we, we should talk about it briefly about Josh Gordon, but how it affects the other uh, wide receivers in the team. Obviously, he's gone for a year. Uh, you hit your wife and knock her out on camera in an elevator. Uh, you get two games. You knock a guy out, uh, you know, with the shoulder, kind of a helmet hit, um, like Mer- Merriweather, and you get two games. Um, you smoke a blunt, and you get the season. Uh, it's crazy. Well, I've been saying it all along. You haven't. And you guys know. I, uh, I, I thought it was a six or eight. Well, and here's the reason why it wasn't. Okay? The fact of the matter is that Ray Rice, what happened with Ray Rice was opinion. The opinion was, in, when they got together in that room with a bunch of guys, the opinion was he gets two games. The thing with Josh Gordon is that there was no opinion involved. It was policy. It was fact. That's what happens. And it's very hard for a court or judges or whoever to overturn something that is already written in stone. Yeah. And Ray Rice's was not. That was an opinion, you know, based uh, judgment that happened do, there. Do you think then, and, and let's not talk about this for too long, but do you think then that policy is going to be changed and altered this season. And kind of Josh Gordon's going to kind of be the sacrificial lamb for the NFL and its era of being hardcore on marijuana because you look at the numbers and a majority of the league smokes it. Uh, every, every It's legal in two states. Uh, you can get it medicinally in what, how, an extra states. Go ahead. 
You're bringing up a bunch of points here. So, first of all, to everyone smokes it. There is, and, and to, well, could they have done something, you know? And there, you're right. It is the rule. It was strike three for him. Yeah. But the other part is, is that more than it was it was like a trace level, so it which was like below, but it was like, you know not where it was because he's saying it was secondhand smoke. Yeah. And there's there's all the things where they test and they don't test for you know you know, you have to have a certain amount of level. You can have some in your system and it's not considered to be triggering the test. But he they went to a lower level. Apparently he had like seventy tests done or whatever, and he only failed that one. Look. Right. And the thing that says but, a lot, but no, no, no. It, it it what it means is that the other sixty nine weren't tested, and that one happened to be tested. Nobody knows what those other sixty nine would have done. No, he just, said, no, 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 no. He, he was tested. He was tested randomly ones. seventy times. Like he's tested all the during time. the season. I'm sure. No, I don't no, know. I don't he's, believe. He's getting, so, I don't believe he passed that. literally sixty nine, yeah. seventy of those tests, and then on like the seventieth, they had traced amount. Which but is weird. That's why I didn't think well, he was going right. to get that, that also, why, why would he? Why would it only be tracing him out that one time? He hangs out with the same guys all the time. It's not like I, they never smoked dope around him. I, well, I, that's what I'm thinking. He smoked, finally smoked. He finally did smoke. I agree. It, that's the problem. I agree. Oh, great. Thanks, Mother, for replacing the baby aspirin with LSD. God, that is just... Hmm. Classic her. <laughs> you know what? I, I hey. But here's the thing that's more even more wait, disturbing. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> the most disturbing part is that then he's going through this whole appeal process. They've dragged this thing out. The suspension is not they, and they've said, "Well, we'll review it at the end of the season." No, no, no. If you're going like you said, what's the rule? The law of the rule says yeah. it's a year. It's a calendar year. So you just suspended him now, starting August 27th. That means that he cannot participate in any type of activities or a bring up, no, no, can't even, year, yeah. right, but because he can't even start the appeal process until a year from now, which means that he then misses all the preseason, misses the first three preseason games, all of training camp, the, all because yeah, kind of all because the NFL it. took an extra twenty three or twenty five days to make a decision. That's well, it. here's the thing: it was obviously very controversial. All right, that yeah. there was a lot of controversy surrounding it, trace amount and all that sort of stuff, but still. The fact of the matter is what they wanted to do was they wanted to uphold the rule. You're suspended for a year. And they took that year to be the year of playing football. And they said at the end of the year of playing football, that's where they made the concession. Instead of you can't agreed. do anything with football until next August 27th. But that hasn't been agreed to, They decided. Every, every reporter. I'm watching every news today. Every reporter says it's a calendar year. That's the rule. They said the NFL said this and they go... And this is what they were saying. That's what they so changed. By the time this podcast, you know, maybe by tomorrow, there's going to have an answer to it because they're saying NFL has to answer to that because you can't say it's after the, after the football season's over because the rule says they it's said, a calendar year no, from the time they, of the suspension. They said he can apply for reinstatement a year after the suspension takes place, August 27th, calendar year. So that's what they reduced. They actually looked at it and they said, "Listen." There's they no way around you being suspended for did this Did they reduce year. it? They had it. They no, have it. They have no, no. It. Here's what they did. No, they reduced... What they reduced was the applyment period by eight months, basically. Seven mm-hmm. seven months, whatever. As soon as this who, year is over that. of playing football... Who, who, who said that? That's what... The, that's that's no, the, the NFL, judgment that's handed The NFL down. just said they will review it at the end of the season. 
They haven't. What well, whether they've oh, said? I heard that he can apply for reinstatement at the end of the season. No, that's that's the dispute today. That's okay. what I'm telling you. Everything. Oh, right, so maybe there's false reporting so, out there. Either way, he's still gone for the year. So what? what, what right? No, no, he's gone for Let's the year. Let's talk about how we, we can talk about this forever, and yeah. we've talked about it a lot. The guy loves weed. So do a ton of guys in the league. I feel bad for him. It's a little extreme, but dude, stop smoking weed. Yeah. You want to be an NFL player? Looks like you can't smoke weed. Listen, so just don't do it. Take after another guy who had a slightly promising career and could have worked up his his way, but. Fell out of uh, favor, obviously, because of his recent suspension. Levon Brazil. The the next p- piece of news I just heard tonight is that he signed on with a, CF- a CFL team, the Toronto uh, Argonauts. Argonauts, and he's going to play with them this year to keep in football shape for when he actually reinstate when he applies for it next year and comes back into the league. Levon Bell. No, Levon Brazil. Levon Brazil. Levon Brazil. Another wide receiver, and the same shit yeah, happened yeah, yeah. to him. You know, it wasn't made as big a yeah, deal because yeah. Josh Gordon is obviously yeah. a lot better than Levant Brazil. But I wanted to take after that. Go play football. Yeah. Go keep playing football. Show you're dedicated. Come back next year. They'll, that'll keep you in favor. Keep your nose obviously, out of Obviously, listen, that guy's had a problem with a lot of people around him. He's had a lot of problems with uh, guidance and everything. Look what... Just go play football look, and show that you're dedicated look what to football happened with Blackman. instead of hanging with your friends and fucking yeah. you yourself. Look what, look what happened with Blackman. He got arrested uh, two months ago. We talked about it on the podcast yeah. a couple weeks ago. Because he's just sitting around. He's like, I don't have anything to do. All right, I'm going to take this time off and I'm going to come back and get in shape like a boxer go three months before CFL. I get reinstated. Wait, wait, and and then, you know. My favorite, though, who was it? Was it, was it Le'Veon Bell that was driving the car or LeGarrette Blunt? Bell. 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 I didn't know you could get a DUI for smoking yeah. weed. I wouldn't. I smoked it. And then his answer was like, man, I smoked like six hours ago. I'm not even high anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm going to be like high with hey, 11 hours of It worked at Michigan State when I was there. Maybe he's still... So, you know, hey, dude, I bought my first bong in Michigan State University. There you go. Blue Orgasm. I think that was in about 1992. Put a porno pyro sticker on it. Holla for a dollar. One thing I want to mention, uh, the, mu- the, the music we're playing today is The Cure. I'm doing that sort of in honor of uh, Riot Fest, which is not this weekend, but next weekend. Actually, it's in two weekends. Two weekends. Two weekends. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the 12th through 12th. the 14th. So it's actually uh, farther away than I thought. Uh, but... The Cure is one of the headliners, along with my favorite band, Jane's. We're going to do some Jane's tracks next week. Uh, but that Riot Fest is awesome. How I horrible. Mean, I want to go. so much better than Lava's coming up. It's this unreal. Crazy. I'm going on Saturday, but I really want to go on Sunday because all the shows, all the bands that I want to see are on Sunday. But i got to watch football. Yeah. I'm going Friday for Jane's. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm well, doing that Friday. Danny Warhols are playing. I like love the Danny Warhols. So it should be good, but that's why we're playing the cure. And then the, the sound the snippets that are sound man Houdini Dean, uh also known as uh what did what did Mo call you? Uh one guy Mile High uh, uh No, no, the Kojak. What's oh. the, uh, the 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 DJ guy that in the one piece? Oh god. Wolfman. Oh Wolfman. Wolfman. Wolf Houdini's Wolfman Jack, nickname yeah. is Wolfman Jack when he's doing these sound bites. But that's from Archer. Uh, that uh, funny TV show. So we want to we basically mention those so that we don't get the slap on the back of our hands because we're not paying them any royalties. But we are promoting and word of mouthing, and maybe someone's going and buying the those the DVD for Archer or the the CD for The Cure. Mm. You see, this is why. This is why we can't have nice things, Barry. You asshole. <laughs> Well, let's talk about what, how it affects the wide receivers on Cleveland, okay? Um, and let's just talk about it briefly. 
So he's going for the year. Who, who do we got? We got Miles Austin. You got Hawkins, who, to be honest, I didn't get him in that draft. I don't think I did, but I kind of started to like what I think he's going to be able to do out of the slot. Um, Andrew Hawkins or whatever. And who else is in that is in that mix? Who's the other guy? Uh, what, what besides Wide receiver. Uh, Nate, Nate Burleson. Right. Burleson, um, yeah. Uh, the, my uh, my love of a sleeper is Charles Johnson. Um, there's uh, Jesus. There's what's there's Charles? Another. I don't even know who that is. Charles Johnson. Charles Johnson. Yeah, he was drafted. He played catcher uh, for the White Sox for one year. He did. It, and he played catcher for uh, the Marlins the for Miami quite a Marlins, few years. Yeah, that's where we got him from. <laughs> but um, no, he was a sixth round, either fifth or sixth round draft pick by the Packers. Uh, I think it was either last year, or not last year, Two but the year before. Ago, yeah, yeah. Um, who was a, a physical freak? He's one of those type of guys who's big, yeah. got great hands, can run like the wind. I think he's got a four three four forty. Uh, but wow. he's like six foot three, two fifteen, with awesome hands. But he got injured first year, got injured again the second year. They got rid of him, and was picked up by the Browns. He was actually picked up by another team, and then picked up by the Browns. Cool. Uh, and the, like, and he's like been shining in camp and showing his stuff finally. And who knows? It's not that hard. That's the whole point. Miles Austin, he's going to get hurt. Nate Burleson, he's going to get hurt eating pizza late night. There's too many. These guys are old on top of it. So there's opportunities for these players. Absolutely. I, you know, and again, opportunity is, is, is where you're at. If you're the, the same wide receiver, Charles Johnson, and you're on the Chicago Bears, and you're behind Elshon, you're probably not going to find the field. Listen, if, if I am Brian Hoyer, or I am uh, Johnny Manziel. Listen, I'm going to try out Miles Austin a little bit, and when he shows that he can't play anymore, which is going to be real quick, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to say, listen, that th- this guy ain't working out, and the coaches are going to see it too. They're like, let's throw in Charles Johnson. All right, Nate Burleson's still hurt. He actually may not make the team. We'll give him this preseason game to see what he can do. He's, I think he's actually going to play. He might not even make the team. So Charles Johnson can be right there for you. And, and I do and, and I do like an Andrew Hawkins. He's great out of the side. They're going to have to pass to somebody yeah. besides Jordan Cameron all year. And right. I like I like your call because maybe maybe Charles Johnson. While I don't know him, uh, you know some some guys are given an opportunity and they never look back. Yeah, it's know, true. Look at Arian Foster. Uh, Corey Washington on the Giants is another one of those deep uh, sleeper guys who's got. Big size, great hands, outside playmaker. Here's the other thing to keep What's in mind. What's the name of that guy? Corey Washington, Washington on the Giants. Here's the other thing to keep in mind when, when you're talking about Cleveland that. and you're talking about Johnny Football. <laughs> Johnny Football is interesting, right? Okay, Hoyer's going to be the starter. But for how long? It's not going to be long. And, and, and you look at their schedule out the gate. They're playing the Steelers week one yep. in Pittsburgh. Um then they play. I don't have. Then a, they play Val Verde. Yeah. And then, then they also have to play. Uh, is it the Saints in uh, week two, or is it? Um, it's either the Saints or I think it's the Ravens. So it's like their first three games, they could easily be zero and three. And then you're getting to a point in time. It's how many games is it going to take? At what point in time, or do you look at when your schedule starts to lighten up? And then they say, okay. Now we're going to bring Johnny in. We go. Well, Johnny knows the playbook now. Right, right. Johnny's got Maybe the playbook. This is all that convenient. extra three weeks was was helpful for. Does he? Well, Does he really know? I'm, the I'm saying in three in three weeks. Three weeks. I'm, I'm saying, saying in those three. He's got. No, they're at Pittsburgh uh, versus Baltimore. Right. I mean, versus New Orleans, then versus Baltimore. So this is stuffing. This is a tough. Those are. Listen. Those are three great defenses. This is what I'm talking about. These are three top. 
10 defenses from last year mm-hmm. that are going to get after him. And they don't have anything else established here. Ben Tate is, is, could be all fine and good, but at the same time, he hasn't established anything. And Hoyer coming in, I think this is... A, they didn't want Johnny to start because I think they didn't want him to get crushed in these first three games. And then they have an early bye in the season two. Fourth week. So then they're on a bye. You don't think it's possibly conceivable if they're all in three? Boom, we got a bye week. You know what? Hey, Johnny football. Let's get in the I game. I think there's no doubt about it. But he's, he, this is where people have been like avoiding all these guys in drafts right now. Johnny always still has that potential because Absolutely. if you have the running points in your league... Geez, the schedule you. sets up for him to get, and regardless, and, and he'll get in by week seven. If I uh, know, I agree with that. Right after the bye sounds logical. If, but if Hoyer doesn't lose games, I mean, if he doesn't he lose has the to games, win if he keeps it close, he has to be MVP worthy to keep Johnny off the field. I, I, sort of I actually that. was listening to the radio today. They had uh, one of the guys in did. from. Uh, uh, they had uh, they're going around the league uh, in the Chicago here talking to different. Uh, Beat reporters, and they were talking to the guy from Cleveland. So they asked him about about Johnny, and he said that Johnny's even admitted that um, he was he's not comfortable right right now. You know, and and that's it's to be said. I mean, it's to be understood. He goes, but this guy is the guy who made the case. He goes, if they don't win, he's the guy that said it. They that Hoyer has to be MVP worthy because of the the. All the grumblings of the people in in Cleveland. Why the locker room split? Because the guy goes. They saw what he did in college. They all know this is something special. They want they want to see it. Yeah, no no doubt about it. So he's gonna get. But his Hoyer's chance. a hometown guy. He's gonna get his chance now. No, no, yeah, he is. He's an Ohio guy. Yeah, he went yeah. to Michigan State. He was a, he was an Ohio guy. The fact of the matter is that if man the second they put on Manziel, did he go to Ohio State? Who Hoyer went to Michigan State? Yeah, Hoyer's a Michigan State guy, right. guys. He was wow. my boy. I'm a big fan of Hoyer. And, and I'm still actually saying that Manziel should probably start at some point, but I'm telling you, he has already made enemies of the NFL. Every defense wants to kill him now. Every single fucking one. Oh, I agree. He's the second you raise that middle finger, you just don't do that <laughs> in the NFL. He's it's fun to do in college. You do that to the NFL, every team takes notice. Everybody wants to kill you. Not just... The preseason no game. No doubt. No doubt. The, the, the four, who was it against Washington? Yeah. No oh, doubt. Geez. No doubt. So let's um, let's go to the let's quickly go to the running back situation. There, you've got Ben Tate, who we were scared of because of injury. But let's talk quickly for drafters this weekend and what you're doing there. Ben Tate, Terrence West is for a rookie is is going in that twelfth round. He's going maybe a little bit later than that, but he's he's getting drafted for sure in yes. every in every league. Oh, for sure. Uh, so as what well do you, what do you? Yeah, as well he should. What are your guys' thoughts on um, Tate and and Terrence? What 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 happens there? What, is there a good pick there or? I'll, I'll tell you right now that um, Tate, if he stays healthy the whole year, That's will good. absolutely outdo his ADP at this point. Absolutely outdo his ADP. He's that talented of a runner, and Cleveland's going to run the ball a shitload. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's just a plain and simple fact. They actually have a good offensive line. They actually have a, a, a defense that's going to get the ball back in their hands. He's going to be running a lot. So, uh, actually, their offensive line, I don't know, it's, it, it's, it's good, but not, it's not great. It's good. It's a work in progress. I'll tell you that for sure. But still, I do like what they're doing there. And if Bette stays stays healthy, which is the rarity, and that's the fact of the matter, is is that here's the thing. And this is why I almost like Tate uh, West a little bit better than Tate, is because I can almost assure you, Tate is a guy like a McFadden. He's not going to make it the whole year. 
All right. If he only makes it eight games, West is going to be getting carries during those eight games. Eight to ten carries a game. I don't care if Tate gets 20 to 25. Tate's going to get eight to ten carries a game for those first eight games. And then once Tate's out, West gets all the carries. West is going to end up with more fantasy points than Ben Tate. You think so this year? I do. Okay. Uh, well, I was, I'm going to agree with what you were saying on Ben Tate because if he stays healthy, it's ridiculous. And, yeah. and he's going to. Here's the thing. I think West at this point in time, I think a lot of people get in that kind of that love with the, who's my sleeper guy going to yeah. be, and I think Terrence West is becoming that guy in a lot of drafts right now, uh, especially in twelve team drafts, not in ten team drafts, but in twelve team drafts, I think people he's starting to get coveted because running backs go thin. Sure. So, uh, but but Ben Tate's dropping. If you draft Ben Tate, and I have I got a buddy that hasn't been in a dynasty league, and he keeps asking me about him. I said I go look, he has the potential to be great, mm-hmm. but if he has Two good games out of the first three or four, and he's still walking. You had better trade him. You—that's the key with him. If, get the hot start. Don't be fooled. Trade him. Get value in return. Terrence West is that guy that if you don't need, if you're looking for that guy that I just maybe have that potential because I know that Tate's gonna eventually crap out, like I believe as well as you do, dog. Then grab him for that. Knowledge for down the road. Great. Okay. So we'll close out quickly, and we're not going to be doing team by team or anything. No. We'll be here forever. But uh, James uh, Jordan Cameron, what are your feelings on him? I've, I kind of got cold feet on him this season. Uh, what do you guys think? What I, are you expecting knowing knowing the situation? I still like him in the, in, in, in the sense that guys, he's going to get guys. a lot more targets than he saw before. Think about it. He was still putting up good numbers with Josh Gordon, who came in and led the league in receiving in 14 games. So if you're going to give him an extra three or four targets, I know they're going to give him more, you know, coverage or whatever. But at the same time, linebackers can't cover him, and it's it's it, you know he's the type of guy that it's, he's getting better at football. He's yeah. you know he didn't run Chris Brown in his first couple yeah. years. So he's I, I don't mind. I think he's fine. Cool. I think he's um, he's a guy who's going to put up the uh, to the fourth most fantasy points in the league, and I, he may have one or two outstanding games and a few duds. But I'll take those because he's going to be more consistent than a lot of these other guys. I, I think Jordan Cameron's a stud, as I always have. Yeah. And they're going to be using him quite a bit. He's Brian Hoyer's buddy. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a big fan of Val Verde. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about just a player. And we can talk about some of the surrounding cast uh, as well. But, um, you know, a guy I just want to bring out there because he's entrenched in that first seven picks in the first round. Uh, as as you guys always say, as he should be, but uh, Eddie Lacy. So Eddie Lacy is a guy that's going about six, seven, eight, right? Would you say in 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 most leagues? Yeah, yep. Maybe a little bit earlier. People stay away from the quarterback um, and the wide receiver. But give me, you know, briefly, just both give me a synopsis of what your thoughts are on what to expect out of Lacy uh, this year on that juggernaut of an offense. Well, I. Personally, think that if he stays healthy for the whole 16 games, that's my only worry with him is because he normally has had problems with injury in the past. Even his rookie year, he didn't play every game. Yep. Just so you know, if he was injured in week two, sat out uh, the rest of the week two, and sat out week three as well, he didn't play all the games. And it's dated back to his college career as well. He's got some injury problems. But if he stays healthy for 16 weeks, he can be top three, if not top two. 
I mean, he's got that type of potential, especially in this offense. And it's no matter if it's whether it's with Rodgers or not. It's negligible. I, I actually did out all the numbers. And, yeah, he does better with Rodgers in certain areas, but actually better without Rodgers in other areas. So it's really not that big of a difference. He's going to be a stud for your team. He's a monster. A I, monster out there. I love him, but I, I think Rodgers makes a bigger difference than you're giving credit to because the numbers aren't going to show because he's a rookie. And there's development that's happened. And I think part of that development is also the chemistry and understanding of the offense and working with the quarterback. And that's kind of why Peyton Manning is so good for all of the running backs that, that, that he works with because of how he's able to set up defenses. So by him having that extra time working with Aaron Rodgers and being on the same page now being able to, to when, when Rodgers calls something, he now sees what Rodgers sees. And it's not, you know, it's a guess I'm trying to think, is this guy going to be in the right place? Splinter Tolsey. You know, yeah. so that's that's a bigger, I, I think, for him. And the fact that he's going to be added more into the receiving game, it's huge. But I want to, I want to kind of transfer this for, for drafts because this is a, a problem that happened. came up in one of my drafts. Um, it was a, a keeper league draft where uh, I had the last pick. It was a 10-team draft, last pick in the first round. And it got to the point of, who was left at running backs? And I, you know, with one running back already, I had Andre Allington, but on the board were the old injury-type guys. I could have gone Doug Martin. I could have gone Arian Foster. I could have gone uh, DeMarco Murray, Marshawn Lynch, you know, these guys. And I'm like, do I want that as my number one? And I had uh, two picks, right, to grab one of those, but I, there also was available a Drew Brees and a Jimmy Graham. I went the Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham route, but and I'm usually the guy with the running back thing. But this is like this is like kind of like those in between some tiers that just yeah they're still ranked there because of this where they should be if they put up the points. But goddamn, these guys scare the hell out of me, and they scare the hell out of me so much that I didn't draft them. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, I, I'm a lot more comfortable with knowing of a sure Eddie Lacy for 13, 14 games. And maybe even just completely missing two than I am of an Arian Foster, for sure. I mean, Arian Foster, the chance of him making it 16 games, no chance. I don't care if, I, I mean, I even if he plays half speed for all 16 games and keeps himself healthy, Nobody I'd rather that. have Lacey for those 13 games at this point than a Foster healthy for 16 but games. But one thing believe. to remember is that Lacey's going 10 picks higher. So, so, so but, but I think he should. No, no, I agree. So how, I agree. how about my draft scenario, though? You I'm know. going. Well, just let's talk. I, I think that's a good segue because it actually works into something that happened in our draft and something I'm noticing. It's like I would have taken the Breeze and the, and the Jimmy. One we talked to Jimmy. You lock down a position. You don't got to draft another tight end until your last pick. Even if you do that, you can just pick a tight end off the waiver uh, when during his bye week. Uh, but Drew Breeze, you know the points you're getting. He's had he's had three last three seasons. He's thrown for five thousand yards. Missed one out. By the skin of his balls, the season before that had five thousand yards. You know and what? It doesn't I, get injured. It doesn't get injured, uh, and the, got the new weapon in in two seasons uh, with uh, Cooks, two seasons back with his partner in crime, uh, Peyton, uh, the coach. Um, Colston, you meant not Cooks? Yeah, right. No, I'm talking about Cooks. He said two seasons with Cooks. Cooks is no. Movie. I'm saying two seasons with uh, removed, but Peyton being suspended for the year. So he's back with his guy, Peyton. Right. I said it right. Um, so Peyton, you want to no, make a bet? No, 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 no. Let's make a bet. Let's make a bet. No, no. Okay, let's make a bet. You did say two years with Cooks. Two years removed, 
with no with Peyton. I said, and then I know, you, but said, you did say cooks. You did I say cooks. Where cooks came into it. I bet you I'm right. We're gonna find no, out. I know you're and we're not keeping right. all this in the podcast. That's fine. Um, so <laughs> yeah, we are. Oh. There's gonna be a big. You got fill. me on the last one, but it's all this good. one, it's all good. Um, I'm only I'm only a beer and this much into it, so I'm good. I'm, I'm less than you. You drinking yeah. imperial stouts? Oh, <laughs> I still heard you. Um, so imperial we'll figure it out. Let's, let's move on. Um, right. Well, fine, but I, I, I'm still I'm still with you. I heard well, cooks easily. I said cooks before I, know, I talked I about Peyton. Yeah, well. No, no, no! Do not wind her up. That is a big gun, and she is baby crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but I just think I just think I would take that known point. That the one, was a jump. The, the one, Bam! I the love one that thing one. I was going to say about it is that Breeze has fought four five thousand yard games. Yeah. All the other five thousand yard five thousand yard seasons. Sorry, uh, ever. Yeah. Or it's four. Like there's four other ones. He's Kane, done it four, right. and there's other players. Three other players that have done it. You know, matching up to Once five thousand yards. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, so I would take those points. But what I'm noticing is Eddie Lacy, against what we thought in our previous podcast, is going in front of Jimmy Graham. He's actually. I thought Jimmy Graham was going to eat, eat closer to that five pick, that six pick. But in the drafts, and I'm I'm seeing and noticing, he's still he's available. Eddie Lacy's going before him, and yeah. he's kind of getting picked in that seven, eight, nine zone, uh, even end of the first round, which I was surprised by. I thought he was going to be eking, eking closer, Jimmy. We thought we thought we talked about that, right? We said his ideal spot is six, seven, and and you're right. I've been seeing him slide in, in that regard as well. It's it's in the snake drafts, which is surprising. I want to kind of throw something out there for dynasty people too. Because with the running backs, it's been so weird to you. You brought up a guy who's been going up boards, a guy that you're high on, dog. Giovanni Bernard. Yeah. Okay. This guy is moving up boards in one of my auction leagues. Adrian Peterson went for $70. Giovanni went for 57 So this is also, this is, I want to use this as an example for those of you guys who are out there thinking about, well, what do I do in my, in my dynasty league? And my auction league is that too much to spend? You know, I got I bid sixty four dollars and I bet and I bailed. You know what? It the if you think his value is that much more, it's only thirteen dollars. You know, and the and the key in dynasty or auction, I more should say auction value leagues, you got to spend the money for the players. It's not about having necessarily the whole best team. It's about having the best starting team that you can have in in an auction value. Exactly. You do not want in when it comes to auctions. Bench. You do, no, you do not want 10 $20 players. Right. Not, no stars on your team. Yeah. You want the high-end guys and the guys that you know because you've studied and you've listened to our right. podcast, you've bought our draft kit and everything. You know those $1 guys that you're going to get. It's right. more like the NBA mentality. Those $2 guys. All $2 your salary guys. cap is going towards your starting five. Right, because it they is. play the big minutes. That's you. Like you're, you're like a good dynasty. Those are the ones you depend on to win. The, the, the thing is, those other teams, and here's the other problem, too, because if you're a, a team that gets those, like you're saying, just the, the 20 average guys at $20 or whatever, when it comes to the point that you're out of the season... Nobody's going to give you good trade value for any for those guys because they're all middle of the road guys. But if they will, even though you paid seventy for AP, if someone's in the playoff hunt and they can make a trade to get AP from you because you're going to take on their fifty-seven dollar Giovanni Bernard in return, who then you can then turn and trade to somebody else, you you get advantages that way. That's that's how it's you big. make your your. Or especially if it's dicey, that's how you can come back next year by making those types of trades. And acquiring the high-end guys. 
Well, let's talk about, um, just quickly tell me on, you know, Forte. What This season, uh, it didn't see, it seemed, is he going super high or is he starting to slip down to the lower end of the first round? What are the expectations that, that, uh, for Forte right now with that awesome air attack? Okay, listen, I, there are the somewhat conflicting opinions on him, I think. There's a, there are the guys who know just how good he is in this, in this offense. The thing is, is that he's very quiet. There's nothing dramatically exciting about him. And, and that's a fact. He's not Jamal Charles, who gets four touchdowns in a fucking game when it's, it's winning your fantasy championship. <laughs> you know, he's not AP, who, who runs for two 80-yard touchdowns in a game. You know, he's not LaShawn McCoy, who gives you, who's given you 20 touchdowns in a season before. He's not those guys. So people aren't that excited about him. There's nothing that exciting about him. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you play a point for every 10 yards, receiving, uh, rushing, doesn't matter. This guy is the number three, possibly even the number two back in the entire league. And you could actually make the argument that he's maybe even number one. Uh, this guy does so much for the Bears. It's It's so unnoticeable. It's unbelievable. I can't believe it's... That unnoticeable, but the guy will have 10 to 12 touchdowns, and he will have over 2,000 total yards. He'll have, if it's a PPR league, he'll have 70 extra points for you catching the ball. He blocks well. He's in on every single down because they don't have a goal line back. He's just, I don't know, he's so much more valuable than people. He was their third leading receiver last year. Yeah. The thing about Forte is, you know, like you said, it's not glamorous. He doesn't give you these 75, 80-yard burst touchdowns. But what he does is it's attrition. It's it's just every time that he's getting a screen pass, it's, oh, there's there's 10 yards. There's there's 12 yards. Here's a run for 7 yards. Here's a run for 6 yards. Here's another pass for 7 yards. And it's like the, other, the beautiful part is that nobody's ever going to face the Bears and go, we have to stop. Matt Forte. No, they're looking at Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey and Martellus Bennett and Jay Cutler and going, we got to stop Jay Cutler. we got to put as much pressure on the quarterback as possible. That's why Forte got even more effective last year because all that over-pursuit by the defensive line sets up, well, what is Mark Tressman's offense all about? It's about keeping your quarterback upright, not getting hit, which means that you have short options and log options. It's not like when they had these old bear routes where you would just have two guys going out in the, in the route and you'd have... And one guy's going 15 yards, uh, and the other guy's going 70 yards downfield. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole play takes six seconds to develop, and your yeah. quarterback is... It's starting to sound like Tech Mobile. So, so, uh, <laughs> much I it. picked play four again. Why did I pick play four? Well, good. I think that's good. That's good conversation. And, you know, not to put you guys in the spot, but I'd like to put where a piece that I'm putting up on the site tomorrow is each of us, me, Stags, Dog, and uh, Houdini, each did a piece on the five guys that we think are really going to outshine their ADP value and who are these draft kind of guys that you really should go after. And I think it's a good time while we're just talking about some players and trying to, you know, to maybe uh, mention some of these guys. And if you want to give an overview, uh, Houdini, if you've got that pulled up, like who's, who out of all the five? Guys, you know, let's just name a couple. Let's just talk quickly about a couple of your guys, and who do you really think that if you know? Let's be honest. When we when we do when we do this this piece, uh, yeah. When we give our advice at the end of the season, there are calls that we make that people really let us know. You guys are the best. Well, the Pierre Thomas, gonna be, the Pierre Thomas be one is, is, is I know is always at the top because. 
for me, everything that I've been seeing in the preseason too, and I think if you look at the last, uh, the third preseason game, um, yeah, the uh, the targets. You know, I know that uh, you know Dog had mentioned it, that Mark Ingram is going to get more involved in the passing game, but even in the preseason, they gave him two targets. He had one catch. It's there's Pierre with four catches for sixty something yards. He's not being utilized as much as the runner. He's taking up more of the Darren Sproles type role, but he's still getting. The carry, so he's still going to end up being a guy who's going to give you 12 to 16 carries per week, probably minimum at least 10, and he's going to get you anywhere from five to nine to five to 10 catches a week. Because depending on the week and depending on what the defense is doing, he's the guy. Kieran Robinson had zero catches his his uh, last year, uh, seven for Mark Ingram. So these are guys that's like the. It's the same thing when they said that Alfred Morris, we're really going to get Alfred Morris involved in the, in the passing game, and he, he went up what, from 10 to 11. Yeah. So Pierre Thomas's ADP is 92, and you think the value there is higher than that. And that's awesome, because I, I, I agree, and I think they know what they've got in Pierre. Th- three weeks before, three weeks ago, Breeze was saying, hey, you know, this guy's one of the best all-around backs there is, and now everyone in the past couple weeks is scared because he hasn't been getting the opportunity in the preseason, and he's number three on the depth chart. The fact is, they're just like, we know what we got here. Why get this guy hurt? Are great, though. In his limited touches, he has been phenomenal with the ball. So, you know, But people are seeing him as three on the depth chart, right. and all of a sudden it's like, oh, what are they doing? It's all bogus. It's, it's just, they know what they've got. Why do they want to get, it's like, there's a reason why AP's not carrying the ball. I'm not calling him AP, but... You know what you got. Why are we going to risk him getting hurt? Six-year veteran in the league. Yeah, yeah I'm... So, on that actually. Who's who's a guy? Who's one of the guys from your uh, five dudes that are just going to outshine their ADP that you really think at the end of the, that will, could be your calling card for this season uh, when people come back at the end of the season like dog. Dude, you're the best. That two days before my friggin' draft on Friday, you told me to draft this guy, and lo and behold, this guy was the best value draft of the whole whole league. Um, I, well, I, I think it's, listen, he's, he's not over a hundred in ADP, but believe me, he's going to outshine his ADP and that's Kyle Rudolph, period. I, he is my call for the year and I am, I am really, really, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I am really, really good at calling these breakout tight ends. These guys who will just jump up like nobody's business. If it's not Kyle Rudolph, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you it's Travis Kelsey as well. One of those two guys is going to go berserk. And I know Kyle Rudolph is. I believe that Kelsey is. Uh, it may take a few weeks for them to understand just how much he they need him in that offense. But they'll get Kelsey involved. But Kyle Rudolph is my guy. North Turner never, ever fails at making his tight end a top five guy. Jordan Cameron was my call last year. And it wasn't simply because of North Turner. It was because of his athleticism. It's the same thing with Rudolph. Rudolph is six foot six, two fifty nine, can run pretty darn fast, and makes better acrobatic cat, acrobatic catches than Chris Carter used to for Minnesota. I am not kidding you. That's fucked up. Yeah. All right, let me say something while you catch your breath. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> wow. And say. Val Verde. That'll help you catch your breath. I'm I'm excited. Uh, I, I hope you're absolutely right because in in uh, my 16 team league that uh, with uh, Charlie Don't Surf, what I'm hoping to employ at one point in time because they let us do like the super flexing now, I plan to employ a lineup at one point that has starting Kyle Rudolph, Jordan Cameron, 
and Jordan Reed at the same time. I, I have all it. three of those types. That's awesome. Ends. I yeah. love it. No, I think he's going to be a stud for the reason you said. I obviously drafted him in that. You that, that, stole yeah, him out that, from under me. Guy, but I got, got, as you just mentioned, Jordan Reed and Dennis Pitta five rounds later. Good, great value. Yeah. Great, great, great fucking yeah, value. Yeah, five and six rounds later. Great fucking value. No can question. I, I want to make a quick point about drafts because uh, I'm in all these leagues and I have one league that I play with more... And I would say the more of the novice uh, players. This is the one where I took the Drew Brees and, and the Jimmy Graham. Wow, what a difference having our draft kit makes. <laughs> or just having any type of knowledge. It was just amazing to see. I, I, most of the other leagues that I'm in, I'm with people who are experienced, who have been following everything that's going on. So there's no, like, really? You're picking this guy? You know, there were... Guys being picked on name, uh, Deshaun Jackson, way earlier than they should be, um, you know, at, at every position. And then other guys, times guys reaching for defenses in round eight and round nine. Um, just classic mistakes that I, you know, that I just haven't been exposed to as much lately. And it, and it allowed me to put up, as you said, uh, this, like, the most ridiculous wide receiving core of all time. It's insane. It's an insane one. Um, well, I think uh, you know a guy that I'm I'm picking right now for this kind of real breakout, totally catapult ahead of his ADP um, is James White, running back for uh, New England Patriots. I think. What is his ADP right his now? His ADP is uh, 185. There you go. So he's 185, uh, and basically, I think from what's a little bit of what I mean, I'm kind of thinking Ridley's going to get cut. I have heard the same rumblings. I'm thinking Ridley's going to get cut. Uh, I think, fuck it, you know, they're just like, he's kinda, I think they're just done with him, and it's like, he fumbled again this preseason, so I think he's going to get cut, and I just think that this guy's wise behind, beyond his years, and for the rookie, you know, I feel the same way about Brandon Cooks, who seems like a very, very mature guy, and I feel, you know, I've read also another guy that's very, very mature and professional as well as your boy, Bishop Sankey, mm-hmm. where these guys are just like, yeah, they basically are buttoned down and got their eye on the prize. Their goal is to be have a, a life as an NFL football player. So you mean they're not out there on their brand new motorcycle in a parking lot and breaking their collarbone? No, like Kellen Winslow. No, they're not doing that. They're not doing anything stupid. They're not driving around with a chick and getting stoned in the car and getting DUIs. They're not being in Miami and getting into a fight at a nightclub. Uh, yeah. You know, well, he's that. saying, by the way, that's the Mike Evans thing. Yes. They're saying that happened in March. I know they're saying it happened in March, but the fact is it still, still doesn't matter. He still, he, at that still point, happens. it's almost worse. Right. He, was about, he wasn't even drafted by that. Right. James White has anybody. actually fallen to 207 Who in is? ADP. No Two, joke. I'm looking at it right well, now. Well, I, I was going by the by the, the consensus. That's what I'm doing, the consensus. Well, it, it, well, it changes from day to day. That's you know, crazy. Like, yeah. This is from two nights ago or a night ago. Which is ridiculous, too, because the news, everything that I've been hearing now is like, because again, they are so sour on Ridley right now, and and this is a guy that's supposed they to be in the fourth up. round. He's 130th pick, so it's not like they. The, the, it's, other than that year they took Vereen and uh, Ridley three years ago or whatever, they don't go high on running backs. No. in their drafts, this is a high pick for them at the position. But this is also a stern warning to people. I'm, I'm telling you, all you listeners, don't be drafting Steve, Stephen Ridley. Absolutely. This, this is a stay away from guy. This is he's still going high. I'd love to know oh, what's his I, what's Ridley's ADP. Cool. He's yeah, the highest in the team. Uh, I think Vereen after the session. What's Vereen? Uh Vereen He's gotta be he's gotta be higher, I guess. Close. And they're close to one another though. Yeah. The thing about Vereen is that it's sixty one. Yeah. Yeah. 
way higher. But he had that huge game. The one touchdown where he reached for the pylon was like, uh, it's kind of like, it was like that. It wasn't preseason, but it was like that play by Ballard a couple years ago. Ballard when you're, when you're like week two, you're like, holy crap, that's well, the best. Isn't this Look what happens? No do that. We talk about this all the time when we said when we were picking out our preseason gym, don't have that big game. It was Julio Jones, right? And now all of a sudden everybody got on to Julio Jones. Now here's another thing. Interesting. We go, let's, let's bring in ADP, and we, I just brought up his name. Julio Jones is an amazing value right now. This is a guy who is now, I believe, if you check it, last I said, he was sixth at the position. Sixth at, 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 at 19 overall. Yeah. Yeah, that's still the same. That's still the same. So, sixth at his position, 19 overall. That means in a 10 team league that you're one of the guys who's drafting first or second who's got either like Adrian Peterson or Sean McCoy, and you're getting Julio Jones coming back to you in the second round. I thought I might get him in the second round in that draft. You told me you were taking him for sure. I would have taken him. He went him right you. before you. Yeah. Um, I got Monty Ball coming back to me in the second round. I have AP and Monty Ball as Jeez. my two starting running backs. So quickly, while we're so let's talk about a player. Monty Ball expectations. He played. They said once he had that surgery on his appendectomy, not a big deal. Not some like injury. That's a, it's not a sports no. injury. It's a health injury, yeah. and you get better quickly. He played in the last game. He started the friggin' game. We didn't think that was going to happen. They said it wasn't. They said that he wasn't going to play in the preseason, and they were just going to bring him back and they trust him. He played. Ridiculous. Not even the fourth preseason game. It was the yeah, third. third. Yeah. Uh, the, listen, it, appendectomies are nothing nowadays. They really are. They're nothing. I mean, if, if to think about it, an ACL takes you I six months. I still don't want one. A, no, I, no, me neither. But a, an ACL <laughs> takes you six months to come back from. Mm-hmm. An appendectomy, you don't even have to do rehab. Yeah. Uh, no, none. It's basically the healing. you got to eat a lot of ice cream. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's like getting your a tooth taken out at this point. <laughs> One thing, Daisy, I made an appointment for her today. She's not here tonight with us, obviously. She uh, has some bad breath. Well, she's had some bad breath, but <laughs> I made an appointment for the seventeenth. She's getting a tooth pulled and her teeth cleaned. Oh boy! Oh, Ooh, they're putting her. They put her under. Yeah. So yeah. she goes in early. So my little girl or my big girl is getting put under, but she's gonna have some nice looking teeth. Uh, so a little scared, but a little excited for her because she's got a hurt tooth. Yeah. Just thanks a lot, bitch, and Sundance. <laughs> oh, um, okay, let's just. I, I, I'm kind of having fun here. Where I think if you guys want to mention a couple of your ADP guys, and I think this is a smart thing for. We can do that, and then we can keep talking. What you know, this yeah. is really free flow. I just what I want to do is give information to you guys that's hot now. That is here and now. I don't want to only talk about the high players. That's why I kind of like this ADP thing. It's like that's where we can give you these gems. Um, you know, these these uh, these what do they what do they call it? Something in the rough, diamond in the rough. <laughs> Shine on you, crazy well, diamond in the rough. I like the shirt. Sure another guy that, that, that to you. me has been falling is Antonio Brown. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't know if people just aren't necessarily believing in what he did last year. I mean, this is a guy who's really... Wasn't he one of the guys in your career year? Beware. He was. <laughs> but but he's not being drafted... He's like, late a, third, he's like a late third rounder now, right? Yeah, 25th is uh, overall, 8th at the position. But in the drafts that I've been in, he's actually been falling farther than that. Yeah. He was the... <laughs> the last draft I did, he was the 14th receiver. There were 14 receivers taken ahead of him. No way. Yeah. And I'm going, how is this possible? That, that league might have all been on lithium or something. I don't know. It's so Right before they went, like, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. I got a bunch of uh, 
Heisenberg's blue crack here. You need some? Yeah. Uh, Houdini, you want some? I'm going to hold off. I already had some earlier today. Here's the thing. It, it's Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You never, you never know or you never realize just how good Ben Roethlisberger is. But he was a top 10 quarterback last year in fantasy. I know. Take a look. Anybody out there right now, go take a look. Ben Roethlisberger was top 10. That's fucked up. Pittsburgh Lowest, is Lowest so Brown, vanilla, top five. And you would think like it's a running team. It's always a running team. Le'Veon, uh, Le'Veon Bell played 13 games last year. was still that good. They must be a running team. They're a running defense team. They're not. They, uh, ben Roethlisberger was top 10. Antonio Brown, I think, was... Top six or seventh? Yeah. In the entire fucking league? Are you kidding? Well, the other thing, too, is they did not really... They've not solidified the number two wide receiver position there. So Well, they we, think they have with Wheaton. Oh, they, they think, think they, they have. have. But it's unproven. Ben's, Ben's been saying Wheaton's going to arrive this year. It, it's, it's not proven. They also said that Emmanuel Sanders was going to get 70 catches for 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns last year with them. Yeah, but he didn't. He did. But that was... I don't know. He's always got little injuries. In so no, but see, again, if that's the same point... If, if, if let's say, I, I wouldn't say it's far off. Is it could Marcus Wheaton do what Emmanuel Sanders did last year? Potentially. Yeah. I mean, like, what did he have? Like eight touchdowns, but he was like, it was only about 700 something yards, I think. Uh, I don't have his stats pulled up in front of me, but you look at that, that means Antonio still is going to get the lion's share because Heath Miller is not going to be a guy that's going to take a ton of yards from you every week. And again, if you're looking for the big explosion plays in that offense, Yes, they brought it. They got Dry Archer, so we'll see what what that does. But at the same time, you're always going to look to Antonio because you're Ben Roethlisberger. You're going to go where you the guy you, you trust. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't even eight touches. It was only six touches. Six touches. Seven hundred and forty yards. Seven hundred and forty yards. There you 67 go. Sixty-seven catches. That would be a good year for Wheaton. I think this is a good segue. Let's talk about Emmanuel Sanders. You know, no, I, dra- I drafted on. We can talk about the whole Denver squad. Well, yeah, let me talk. Let me just give a little story. You know, and this just goes to show you where we try and be as prepared as possible. But, you know, sometimes just I didn't get to watch the games. We were doing a draft out in Lindhurst. There's no TV out. We were outside on a back patio enjoying actually a real muggy day. But we were outside drafting. And lo and behold, the one guy that wasn't with us is sitting at home, which is bogus. Fucking Quinn or one of those guys. They weren't at the draft. They stayed at home. They must have seen the play because I was pining for Welker. Welker, I took him in... Seventh round. Seventh round. I was like, when I took Harvin before him, I was like, come on, Welker, get back, get back. He comes around, and the guy friggin' takes uh, Emmanuel Sanders right before I'm trying to get Welker. And I'm like, oh my God, how does he do that? How do you take him over him? Obviously, saw the play, saw had known that he was having a good yeah. game. And that just shows you preparation. We teach you about that. Teach from now on, every draft, I'm gonna like have like I'm gonna be checking the scores. Of the I games will never do it having that a night. week before. I need to do it the Saturday. I needed yeah. to do it the thirtieth, yeah. not the twenty third. Yeah. And I don't feel too bad. Man, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't care too much because the truth is, I don't think Welker's out for the season or anything. Uh, no. I, oh, I'm worried. I, you know what? I mean, I'm worried for Welker. I, I love think the guys. I, I, I got jerseys upstairs. I, I no, 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 no. Guy. But I'm saying, I, I think he's probably going to miss a couple games to start I the agree season. Um, and then you have the concern Actually, of that he comes back and it's the Merrill Hodge thing, and then it's you got to retire. Yeah, my problem is he's not going to miss the first game. They already he's put he's gone through the protocol so fast that he's actually exercising already, which you're not allowed to do. If you feel any symptoms whatsoever, 
and he's already exercising. So it was the mild, mild concussion. But the fact of the matter is, is that that's too many concussions to have at all. I don't care if it was mild or if it was a big one. It was a, it was a concussion of some sort that they had to put him through the protocol. He's already gone through it very quickly, so he will be starting game one. I'll tell you that right now. But it's a huge red flag for me. I was huge on Wes Welker going to this. If he, I had to take Andrew Luck the, the, the round before. It was snaked to you, and it came back. I was hoping for Wes Welker to come back to me because I was going to take Wes Welker right there. I was big on him going to the season. I ended up having to take Luck because the quarterback that I really wanted went before that. So I was like, oh, my God. It's, the, the run had already gone. There was like, it was getting to the point where there's nine quarterbacks gone. I had to take Luck. You know what, though? But here's the thing about concussions. I think this is, uh, to me now, concussions are, are, you talk about the ultimate red flags. Like, the injuries that that bother me the most if I'm going to pick a guy to start for my team, it's concussions and hamstrings. Because these are the injuries that don't go away. That can be, you know, the, the concussion now with the protocol you get a concussion one week, you're almost pretty much 90, 90% guaranteed you're missing the next week. Yeah. And with a hamstring, especially when you're a skilled player, um, well, that's a re- reoccurring thing that just screws up your entire season. And, and then if you blow it out, then you're out for four to, four to six weeks. Well, if you think he's going to start week one, obviously as an owner of him, I want that. I hope his health. I mean, I, I hope he doesn't have to do the Merrill Hodge retirement. But the thing that scares me the most about him now and the red flag for me the most is can he be the slot going across the middle guy as uh, as much you know because he, he is one though. I know that's what sucks because yeah. he's he is one blow away from one of these friggin huge linebackers or or uh, or uh, safeties that that come up and in, in, fast and he's one big hit away and it didn't even look like that it was that huge that happened last Saturday I'm just bummed out that his Bread and butter is now kind of. Uh, can we really keep trying to, you know, have him do button hooks at six yards in the well, middle of the field? You see, but again, you're not going to change the man. The man's been playing football way too long. This is what he does, and and it was on a, the type of play that it was. It was uh, again over the middle. What does he do? You crunch up into a ball. He's short as it is. So when guys are coming in, they're supposed to now target for the shoulder or target low. Well, they, they actually looked at it. It really wasn't an illegal hit or anything either. You know, the guy's coming in low, yeah. targeting. He's going down. His head gets in the way. It's a violent collision. You know, he's even got the extra pad of the helmet going on. It doesn't matter. So it's rough. It just... He's going to still be the player that he is. You can't ask him to be any different. He has no other different way to play. Yeah, yeah. The question is, how long can he yeah, continue to do that before the next one happens? Because it's, it's not about preventing the next one from happening. It's when the next one happens. I think the same thing when I'm drinking brews. It's not when I'm going to say, Val, Verde, next. It, if it, or it's when I'm going to say it. It's when you're going to say it. <laughs> wow. Uh, sure. And this, i got to tell you. As you long, are as, bad at as, long as we're talking about West Walker, thing. because it, it, the, the position itself needs to be talked about, the slot receiver, um, they're starting to go bigger. Mm-hmm. They're they're starting to get bigger slot receivers that have the quicks but can take the hit. You know, uh, the, uh, Randall Cop got injured last year. He's a short time. He's a little. He's a little slot receiver. You know that's going to happen. Victor Cruz isn't. His injury though happened Victor on, Cruz on, a middle, got on a middle range. Hit where he got hit. He got Either hit. way, that was ridiculous. Doesn't matter. He's still a little. He's still a little receiver. Yep, yep. You know, and these things happen. And it's one of Welker's was a, a shot down the sideline. 
You know, if you remember that, the concussion, uh, concussion he had last year wasn't a shot over the middle. It was down the sideline he got fucking nailed. Yeah, they had, on ESPN yesterday, they had all the, every, like his last, all of his concussions he's had in the well, last like, let me, five let years. Let me ask you this though, because to me, it's like, I think that there aren't really slot receivers like Wes Welker anymore. The ones that were like him, Danny Amendola, get hurt. Absolutely. <laughs> but the new slot receiver now, they don't make him run over the middle. They may line him up in the middle. But they're sending them because they're fast guys like T.Y. Hilton, like uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson, like Randall Cobb, like uh, um, Brandon Cooks now. Brandon Cooks is not going to be going. You wonder who's going to be doing those crossing routes? Marquise Goldston. And you know who's <laughs> going to be injured this year? Marquise Goldston. But at least he's six foot two and, you know, six 200, four. You know, six four and 200 and. 35, yeah, 40 pounds, whatever. Not, not like, that much. 225. It's, he's not that's a good point. Enough. It's a very, very good at that, point. At that, at that. But what I'm saying about these guys is that it makes me a little bit worried about an, uh, Antonio Brown. I think it's not so much just that the slot receiver is small. I think any small receiver is going to be injured at these days. I mean, look at what's happened every single one of them. Antonio Brown, he's due. I'm sorry, he's due to get injured. That's my problem with those small receivers. Well, it's also the adaptation of, as I always have said, if you go back to our podcast, go back 120-some-odd episodes, I'm sure you're going to find a part where I said, defenses adapt to what offenses are doing. Yep. Why all of a sudden are we now seeing safeties that are six foot two, 245, 255 pounds? Yeah, because exactly. that could run like gazelles. Yeah, because those guys used to be five foot ten, five foot eleven, and two hundred and fifteen, two hundred and twenty pounds. Yep. And remember what happened to Sanders on the Colts? Right. How awesome he was! Always hurt because he was playing this big position, but he's not a big guy. So they've got to adapt. You got to get the bigger guy that's faster. Uh, and I think a lot of this movement of those that we've talked about a number of times, uh, that those those running backs and some of these wide receivers are going to the other side of the ball because they're like, fuck. I won't get injured as much, and I can make more money. It's a lot of adapt, back and forth, back and forth, and everybody keeps getting bigger. Defensive ends are now being moved to my linebacker. That's just the way it is. Yeah. You know, you could be 275, 270. If you can run really fast, we're going to ask you to lose about 5, 10 pounds, but you're going to play linebacker now. You're not on line anymore. Yeah. You're going to go hit those motherfuckers out there because yeah. you have the speed to be able to do it. And now we got six foot four, six foot five receivers. It's just getting bigger and bigger. And that's the problem is that these little guys don't have a place so much anymore. Darren Sproles got injured last year, and he's not going to have a good time playing in that offense. I'm telling you right now, it's too fast. I, I, I he's not going he to be able to deal with it. I, see, I, I, I think it's he okay can't stay on the field I know, for that but, many plays in a row without getting but, his ass kicked. I, under, I understand, but at the same time, I don't think that they're going to ask him to stay on the field for that many plays in a row. I think it's one of those things that Darren Sproles is going to be one of these guys because, again, what Chip Kelly's offense does is that they usually bring the same personnel out there and they're just running you, right? Because they're not making substitutions. Exactly. But that's gonna my, be, that's gonna, but, what, but where Darren Sproles comes in is, is an, uh, a great thing is when LaShawn McCoy has to get a break at some point in time. That's when you're making the substitution. Okay, they're bringing theirs and you're exactly. bringing But Sproles. that break isn't one play. No, that no. And then Sproles is plays, out there for three plays, plays. To, three plays to go full bore, and then it's LaShawn McCoy coming back in. Okay, so he can give you the burst for plays, three plays. But no, I he agree. can't. But for those three or four plays, he's either getting run over by a linebacker or a defensive <laughs> end when he's trying to block, 
or he's out there making a, ca- a catch see, when he's 31 years old and trying period. to scurry around like oh, he was fucking 25. Tough. That dude is tough. He's tough. tough I like that. Dude, I like that interjecting scroll moment. Um, let's talk about. Um, ooh, let's talk about. Let's talk about something a little deeper. Let's talk about Lamar Miller versus Noshan Moreno. Oh, I think that's. A, I think that's a, a. That's a topic that's important I'm, for drafters. I've gone 180 now. degrees on this. Yeah. One. Right. I mean, um, what, didn't didn't we think four five podcasts ago that Moreno was in jeopardy of his career being done? His knee was dead. Lamar Miller is in jeopardy yeah. of. Uh, I'm of, at 270. Uh, actually, no. Lamar Miller's going to be okay because. But it's Moreno You're now. Who's two seventy? I'll show you. I, I, you took it one hundred and eighty degrees. You oh, went, oh, oh got, 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 got you, got you. Got you got went you. back to Moreno. I went back to Moreno. But I'm not I off, am I'm, another halfway in between. Well, no, no, I'm not. Off and now I'm really confused. I'm not. Off I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I like what Bill Lazor's doing because again, it, it would. Here's what you saw. If, if you watched the last, uh, the third preseason game, the Dallas uh, uh, Miami game. Lamar Miller had one good run at the very beginning of the game where it was like on a pitch on the outside and he was able to turn the corner. I think he gained about 11, 12 yards. Showed some Lamar Miller speed. But, it, you know, it looked good. Then you're watching his other runs, maybe picking up three yards, four yards here, you know. But hitting the hole, you know, looking okay. And then and all of a sudden, this is like college, right? When you see like that guy, the next guy that comes in. And Moreno comes in and here's the same hole. And instead of him being tackled at three yards... He's seven yards down the field, and he's bursting through the hole, and he's running through guys, and it was just play after play after play. You see aggressiveness. You see, you see burst. Lamar Miller's faster than no yeah. Sean Moreno. Certain guys just know how to pound a hole. You guys aren't. Well, I'm really good at it. I'm a female. I'm a female. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I wasn't going to oh, give you the chance. No, I didn't give you the man one. chance. <laughs> uh, all right. Stop. All right. Well, here's, no, but here's, here's um, a, a big problem I have with this situation. Moreno was fighting for his life at that point. Okay, he signed a contract, and it wasn't a big contract. It was a one-year fucking contract. Yeah. All right. He was absent for the preseason, the off season. He was absent. He needed to fight for his fucking life. So that's what you were seeing right there. Lamar Miller's already won the job. He was playing against the first stringers immediately in that first set. He was. I don't want to say that it's going to be the end of Lamar Miller. No, 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 no. Okay. Here's the thing. Just though. because Moreno came back and did good once when he was fighting for his life doesn't mean that he's going to all of a sudden take over Lamar Miller. Lamar was Miller kicking has ass looked, Lamar, all off season. Lamar Miller looked. Shitty in his first two preseason games, yes. but the off season itself yes. was awesome. I understand, but if you don't translate to in game time, and then when they finally put the pads on and Moreno goes off, here's here's the I, I do have a silver lining for Lamar Miller. There were at least in that same first half three times that I saw, if not more, where they had both. No Sean Moreno and Lamar Miller on the field at the same time. There you go. This is obviously something that they're going to do. What they kept doing in those situations was then they would start them both out in the backfield. Lamar Miller would then split out as a receiver. Here's the problem, though. That's great that he's on the field, but when 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 the guy they do a dual backfield like that, and they always and the, that second receiver running back always splits off his receiver. The odds of him getting the catch in that yeah, in that route, kind of decoy situation. it's like he's never getting, he's, he's the fifth option on the route. It, what it does is when they run a play like that, when any team runs a play like that, it's usually a fullback and a running back in the, in the uh, backfield. You don't care about the fullback normally, so if the fullback splits out, nobody moves. 
if uh, somebody like a Lamar Miller moves out. What's that like, no, draws a linebacker, Reggie Bush, which Pierre makes Thomas. the run is, play that much This easier. is Reggie Bush, Pierre Thomas. This is... Now, that He's might, always a decoy. But it draws somebody every time. Somebody like Lamar Miller or C.J. Spiller will always draw that linebacker. Well, then, then that's, then that's better for Moreno then. then Moreno exactly, the that's better for Moreno in a situation like that. But it does have Lamar Miller in the field. Cool. Well, I, I like, uh, you know, just so you guys know, the, re- the reason why Moreno is his superpower is he can make tears and make himself slippery. Yes, so when he's running through and people are grabbing him, he's doing that tear thing, and it's just trickling down his arms, and people are grabbing <laughs> him, and they're like sliding off. It's like grease. It's like, I, it's like you do know it's what? like Spy Hunter, the video game, when you're throwing one of grease well, patches. Well, preface that. I mean, smoke, smoke bombs, you're throwing some, some jacks that are going to Does anybody the know about the, 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 the tears? Yeah, his tears. His, his, if you don't know, if you don't know about No Moreno and, and those I mean, tears, we all know. No, I think our listeners, if you don't, No Moreno last year in the first playoff game for the Denver Broncos, he has one of the most, probably one of the greatest NFL animated gifts in the history of animated gifts for NFL players, where literally he's got these tears that are just like it's like heavy rainforest raindrops coming down his both eyes. And it is unbelievable, and it's looped, and you're like, how is that possible? It's like, uh, the last thing I'll say about Moreno, I think Moreno had a t- conversation with um, uh, with uh, Kurt Warner and went to his uh, sign your life to the devil, uh, devil, and oh, yeah. he signed away. He's like, Doc, I need one con, I need one more contract. I need to make it through and get one more. These knees, you got to make this work. Okay. I'll talk, I'll show you my guy, Kurt. Got him. So Kurt Warner is talking to the right people for no show. No, don't. You're so ugly when you cry. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I actually, when my girlfriends cry, I find it so cute. I kind of yeah. like, like it as long as I'm not the one that made them cry. When I'm the one that made them cry, I'm, I'm trying to just figure out how to get makeup sex, but. I don't want another one of your sullen whores using my medicine cabinet like a a Pez dispenser. <laughs> Why not? I'd, I'd, I'd rather them do that than cry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> I hate saying it to cry. Uh, I don't know what to tell you about. Nothing's cute about it. I think it's cute when it's like something. It's always on you. There's nothing I did right. Yeah. If I didn't, if I didn't cause the tears, it, I love. I think it's cute. If I cause, <laughs> doesn't matter if you cause them or not, it's you. If you I gotta cause, take care that's of a good point. If I cause it, how are we getting makeup sex? Uh, I'm gonna do one other guy that I'm thinking. <coughs> you know, we'll just talk quickly about it because we talked about him a lot this offseason, but he looks friggin' great, and that's Christine Michael. Um, he's an ADP guy still. Uh, he's going around 159. I don't know if that's changed since the last two days uh, since I wrote this, but Christine Michael. Even, it looks to me, even if Lynch doesn't go down, I think at a certain point they're going to want to sit him a little bit. If he doesn't get injured. 154 now. 154. 51st, so he's, he's, 51st at the position. 51st. I mean, the way this guy looks, the team that is, if Marshawn Lynch gets hurt, this guy is instantaneously a top 15 back. I mean, he just is. Uh, I don't care how good Turbin's looking. Um, so, he's just a guy that I think still... I grabbed, in my league, in my league, uh, I, I got uh, Christine Michael. I went pretty high on him. I got him in the tenth. 
Uh, so, I, but we coveted him. So yeah. we just went after him. We said, this guy might not start in our lineup once, but if something happens to the running back situation or they're just blowing everyone out right out of the gates and they're, they've got their playoff spot by week seven or eight or nine, and they're just like, you know what? We just got to keep the Skittles. They are, listen, the transition's coming. They know that they're planning for the transition away from Lynch. I'm telling you that the bust year is coming for Lynch. This is. It's it's happening. Lynch tried to hold out. They're like, basically on all those com- phone conversations, like, yeah, you should check out our practice tape. This guy, uh, Crispy Michael, is going to be able to do everything you did last year, buddy. He's like, yeah. um, so, yeah, yeah. can you just give me like seven hundred grand just for this? Do you want to see the contract we're going to offer him yeah. as soon as you go through with this, buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're not going to be happy. So and he got more be, money. You, you, so, you but he got like you wanted like seven hundred grand. Get, get back on t- uh, schedule here with us. I. Uh, Alex Smith is going three picks oil earlier than this guy. Are you kidding me? Are you really going to take a chance on Alex Smith over at Christine Michael? That you can pick a guy. Who are some other guys? That, that, that is poignant as hell. Who are some other guys in drafts and in ADP? Uh, around this position. Around this position. Just to show uh, you our listeners. Uh, you you got to go. Derek Blount's going over. Jesus. Uh, uh, Chris Ivory. It's going over. Jesus. It's a, don't mean, be really that guy. Listeners, don't be that guy. you got to go for a guy that if the stars align, the things are ridiculous. It just pans out and it's pater. Where just taking Alex Smith, taking LeGarrette Blunt, taking um, <laughs> Ivory. I can't wait, even wait, believe that. Ivory. There's the best one. The, the ADP overall, number 96, is your first kicker, Steven Hauschka. Steven, Steven Guskowski. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> Hey, at least there you're getting a starter. I had Hauschka on my team. Hauschka's 112. Tar- Hauschka's 112. Okay. I, I, I targeted Hauschka last year. At least you're getting your starter. You're getting those points. And you're saying, you know what? I want these points. I can't. I commend that more than the three players. But you do you want to know what that tells you? What it is? And I'm not saying draft your True. kicker high. No, no, but, uh, but I'm not scared <clears throat> to take it. Read a into bit. this. Read into this. Here's what I read into That's this. too high for the kicker. It's but. 96. No, what it means is most teams have nine starting positions. So it means that people are going through, and this is Filling why this is why you can do so well in, in rounds eight, nine, ten, oh, because guys are filling are out their starting roster and and grabbing a Stephen Hauschka. Uh, I'm sorry, Stephen Goskowski. Instead of grabbing, uh, let's see if we can add afterward. Your Brandon Cooks, Philip Rivers, Noshawn Moreno, uh, Danny Woodhead, Zach Ertz. Uh, I mean Cooks. That's a perfect example. He's the other. He's the third guy on my list. James White, Christy Michael. This piece, all of our pieces will be out in, individually tomorrow on the site. But Brandon Cooks, 101 ADP. I mean, you guys know I'm. Crazy for I'm crazy for the guy. I had Brandon Cooks as my eighth ranked wide receiver behind Mike Walls. I know that's nuts. I'm putting off higher because I have to get him. But I literally, I mean, to think that that guy's going 101 and there are these players that you're mentioning that are going ahead. Be smart. You're listening to our long podcast and, and following Pyro to kind of get that advantage. Do not take the tried and true guy that you know exactly what you're going to do. At least not right here. Do that in round 15. Do that in round 16. Maybe even do it in round 6 and 7. But here, take a chance on the oh, on the upside over the... Here, I know what I just got. And it's not going to be happy to start. I got a mixed bag statement here. <laughs> so, if you're in a league where everyone in your league drafts their kicker and defenses you know, to fill out their roster, then this is probably not the advice that you want to hear because you're taking advantage of those guys. Yeah. 
But if you're not, if you're in a normal league, you know what? Get rid of the kicker. I, I, I do believe that the time has come in fantasy. Like, I used to think it was fun. Uh, it's just not fun anymore. No. When you put all the stock into, you have the best players, and just because this stupid ass kicker gets two 50-yard field goal opportunities and the way that some scoring systems in these leagues are, that can be worth 18, 20 points. Where you know a guy gets you a hundred yards and and uh, and thirty yards receiving and he he only scores thirteen points. How does this make any sense that that's more valuable? To, to what about a sixty? What about a sixty? A win or a loss? Okay, fine. If you're gonna have kickers, then maybe only give them points. Only give them points if they get like a thirty yarder. One point, a forty-yarder, two points, a fifty-yarder, three points. Maybe I'll start warming up to Agreed. the non-kicker. But I'll give you that. I love I, I love Elam so much throughout my career. I, I was a Vanderjack guy. I listen. And I won so I won. You so, like the drunken kicker? Yeah, I won so many <laughs> games with because of him. It was like one one game on a Monday night. He hit three fifty-yard field goals. That and, and let me tell you how pissed off the other owner was. And yeah. then I, I have to sit here and go, well, put myself in that situation. That's bullshit that this kicker is beating me. I agree. I yeah. love Peyton Manning. That interview is great. What? He said that? That I wasn't leading? The drunken kicker? Yeah. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't on the team the next year. That's uh, for sure. Listen, uh, defenses. An- another thing. Listen, if you don't attribute a ton of points to defense... I agree that there's a. I know that there's a lot of leagues out there that attribute a lot of points to defense. Defenses can score you as much as your RB one in some leagues. I mean, they they put so many points on interceptions, sacks, uh, turnovers, whatever, all that sort of stuff. Whatever that that that's perfectly fine. But if you don't attribute a ton of points to defense, where it's not assured every single week, do not take your defense. Like, hey, San Francisco is going 80 ADP right now. 80. We're talking, I mean, listen, if it, San Francisco is a much depleted defense yeah. this year. Yeah. Very much That's depleted. Yeah, I'm where's scared. Seattle going? Seattle going in like the sixth round, 60 something? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Seattle's going in the 60s at this point. Jesus. I think it's even before that. Holy crap. I can't even find 57 wow. at this point. 57. But again, even like you said, you can get. Jordan Cameron after that. There are, you're in the sixth round. Dude, there's a lot of great players right. you can get. In a 10-man league, you're in the fifth. Yeah, right. Uh, the, the amount of guys after that is unbelievable that but I'm looking at. Let's right reiterate now. the point that we made a couple of podcasts ago when we were talking about this. Even if you have those leagues, what's the difference between the number one defense and the number 10 defense? Yeah. If the difference is negligible, they all score a lot of points, then then you don't need to go jumping after them. Yeah. If it's a difference of Jimmy Graham proportion... Or Adrian Peterson in 2,000-year proportion, or Josh Gordon when he was doing last year proportion, then there's this reason to talk. Well, think about this. If you're saying in the fifth round, uh, in 10-man in leagues, that, that by ADP, Seattle's getting drafted. Sixth round. I, sixth round. Um, I drafted Josh Gordon, I think, in the ninth round in last year's drafts. Yeah. And you know, New is out for two games. Just think about that. Get these value guys. You've got to be able to get the guy that can be if you're top a five, can listener. be top ten. Don't get the guy that was 26 and is going to be 26 again. No yeah. pyro listener, if you're really loyal to us, should have Seattle as your starting defense. Yeah. Because That's kind of true. We've told you... Don't don't go after defenses like that. That's true. That's good I point. mean, I I waited. Yeah. I, I, I I see people. I'll tell you a great defense to wait on that that people. It's just 
it doesn't have the cachet in the name of what you expect of like, oh, the history of Baltimore. Yes, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yes, these are defenses. Ugh. People are still drafting the Bears. The Saints. Saints, period. Oh, my God. I, say, I took the Saints in, in my keeper league. I got them for a buck because, again, it's like, you know, people fall asleep on it. And, and they and then they go crazy over as you said San Francisco. Yeah. And they're going and then and then I got no comments on my on my acquisition of the Saints and then I hear Carolina as well. And then I hear yeah. Then I hear Carolina is very different this year. Right. And then I hear after the guy makes the the, the San Francisco pick. Oh, great value with San Francisco there, dude. And I'm like, no yeah. problem, my friends. Yeah. I will. You can enjoy you can that. Enjoy that. I'm, I'm yeah. happy with Kenny Vaccaro on my back end. I'm happy Absolutely. with all the hammers they got on that defense. And isn't Greg Williams back in the building? Yeah. But he's a, I don't even know. Yeah. Is he on that? Might not be now. He, no, who's he's not a different team. Yeah, not that. Or, uh, is he on St. Louis? St. Louis, I think. Yeah. He's in a different building. St. Louis is where he was when he was. I thought he went back to... It might be Tennessee. I thought it was. I thought he went back to the Saints. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't think so, but we'll find we'll out. We'll find out. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about um, uh, something non-defense here, and um, you know, I, I, I guess. Uh, uh, there's not enough liquor and therapy in the world to undo that. <laughs> so dramatic. Um, all right. Well, let, let, you know, the one thing we didn't talk about when we talked about the Welker thing. And let's not talk about Emmanuel Sanders for too long. But what does this do to Cody Latimer? Rams. This, what team? Rams. Rams. It is Rams. He's back, okay. on back Rams. with Fisher. Back with Fisher. Okay. This is this is great news for Cody Latimer because here's a rookie that has a lot of potential. And this was a guy that I was shying away from in rookie dress just because you're going well. They're loaded at wide receiver there. They signed Emmanuel Sanders. You got Wes Walker. By the time he's going to get into the starting lineup, I'm worried that Peyton Manning's not going to be Peyton Manning anymore. Well, now by necessitation or at some point, it will be by necessity. He will be in the starting lineup as that slot receiver. Here's a guy that's got great ability. And when you have Hall of Fame quarterbacks throwing you the ball, when you're open and you're doing the right things, they make you look so good. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders looks so good in that other game because it's Peyton Manning. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, and, and Roethlisberger's a great quarterback. But, you know, and Emmanuel did say... Peyton studies a lot more than this man. Yeah. Manning and Brady just make it look so much easier. And Manning more than Brady. And Breeze, too. It's Manning and Breeze that definitely have the best touch. Um, but, God damn, you're right. I mean, Peyton Manning, it is kind of mind-blowing how good that guy is. It really is. He just Kind he of just mind-blowing how good that fucking guy is. Now, another thing is that, yeah, you got your Wes Walker injuries. To, to deal with, so you're looking at a Cody Latimer. Nobody says that Emmanuel Sanders is the most sturdy guy either. Right. That guy's been injured quite a bit in his career as well. He can't seem to avoid injury. I think Cody Latimer is a must in, in, in most drafts. I think he's one of those type of guys, just like the Green Bay fourth receiver. Last year, it was Boykins. Boykins. Obviously, everybody knows Boykins. The year before that, Randall Cobb. The two years before that were Jordy Nelson and James Jones. The year before that, Greg Jennings. They all work. The fourth receiver. That's all you need to what's do. His is name? What's, what's, what's his name? Devontae Adams. Yeah. Sorry, I, 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 I equate him to a Cody Latimer this yeah. year. Devontae Adams and Cody Latimer. Get the fourth receiver on Denver. Get the fourth receiver on Green Bay. They're going to work out for you. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Matter of fact... I'll tell you right now, Dante Moncrief wouldn't be a bad call for Indianapolis. Yeah. 
uh, right now. I'll, t- I'll tell you that right now. It, like that's it. a great call. Uh, Landry wouldn't be a bad call for Miami on the up and up that they're going right there. Uh, Jarvis. Yeah, Jarvis Landry. Uh, There's some good young receivers out there that you could definitely grab very late. All these guys are, if you go 20 rounds, you can get them. You can get a Val Verde in the 20th. Yeah, in the 18th, 19th, 20th, you can get these guys. Don't let those guys fall off the board. You're going to want them late in the season. Believe me, they make a difference. Quick question. Uh, this is random on the spot. I took Blackman with my second to last draft pick in the, uh, just for shits and giggles because I was looking around and I was like, what if this is a 24-round league? I was like, what if they do reinstate him at week eight? He's going to be doing better than all these jamokes. Uh, good call or bad call? Is he coming back this year? Is he doing? Is he going to get an opportunity to play or is he like Josh Gordon just done I think he's, all, he's just off the NFL radar right now and I, he has not done anything... To put himself in any good graces. Yeah. I think it's 0%, not just because of the NFL itself, but I think that Jacksonville is starting to weed out the cancers. Yeah. They wanted to bring in a whole new regime. They didn't draft two wide receivers for no reason. They didn't draft a, a stud with the third pick in the whole draft in Blake Bortles, who is obviously going to be really good, and still sit him. They are going to sit him for a little while. He Don't may come think, in this year. They may backtrack on the whole year sitting, but they're going to sit him for a while. No, they will backtrack Don't you on the think whole that he's sitting. the kind of guy, yes. and I don't want to talk about him too much because it, it, he's out of the league right now, but if he did come back, and let's say you're right, and I do agree with, Won't you, be with Jacksonville, Jacksonville is done with him. Don't you think a team like, whether he doesn't clear waivers or someone decides, like Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. Oakland. No, I agree. Cleveland, Oakland. Is, exactly no, Cleveland is the type of team. I'm hoping for like better like New England. But <laughs> I know. Yeah, obviously. You know what though? It's it's this time somewhere, we're talking yeah. about. It. If you guys if you guys don't feel it, Not I don't he, agree. He, he, he he's off the no, I think that's a good point. He's off the radar. He just hasn't done anything. Like you know, there he's he's you know, he's done a good job of just staying out of the whole media or whatever, but he did catch a nice paycheck off of his uh, rookie deal and you know, maybe he's just living off it right now. He has an amazing talent, but if if you're not gonna apply yourself or you're not I think he's one of these also one of these guys, and I think this is probably what Jacksonville is working on doing better of now, is a guy that had problems and they didn't as an organization they didn't help him. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I think that's why they're being extra coddling and after they fail with Blaine Gabbert, that's why they're coddling the hell out of Blake Bortles. Which in my opinion is hundred percent wrong because Maybe you should have coddled Blaine Garrett because he's not good. But it wouldn't have mattered anyway. No, Blake you should Bortles have drafted is, Blaine well, Garrett because he wasn't good. <laughs> Blake Bortles is good. And, Agreed. And, and, the, and the fact is, if you're a quarterback and you can play... Now, as a running quarterback, I 100% agree with what Cleveland's doing. I would have just said it from the start, looking at their beginning schedule. You're, you're not sitting. the starter. Right, you're sitting. And, and then, because all it takes is by week five, he's in there. Blake Bortles is a guy that you are not going to win anything right now. You are not doing anything. You have you drafted the two wide receivers. Why are you not? As I kept saying, I, this is the beginning of the year. I will tell you right now. Put him in there to get the, the goddamn chemistry developed. You you mentioned Johnny Manziel right there in the Cleveland situation. Yeah. I think the fact that Josh Gordon got suspended for the year makes me think that they're not going to use Manziel all that much this year. Ooh, I Why don't would know. they? Because Why in the world would they? A, gr- a very disgruntled fan base. With who? He's fan-based. throwing to nobody. They don't have a chance of winning it. They know it. 
Why would they get this guy hurt? Because Coyer will get hurt. And <laughs> sometimes you need the game time. Coyer will get hurt. Then he's gonna play. <laughs> Here's the question yeah, I got. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, by necessity, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Sadly by necessity, enough, maybe. we're all bummed out for him and for everything. The yeah, richest guy in the NFL right yeah. now. I mean, what's the point in playing this guy? Because they have to. Sam Bradford gets hurt again. Right. It's 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 a sad tale for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knows what's gonna happen? We wish you well. He's a nice guy. He's a good player. Just one, just one of those guys that just hasn't had the luck. Hey. Sean Hill comes in the situation. First off, and quickly, what do you guys think about Sean Hill? Is he draftable? Is he playable? And then quickly after that, who who, who benefits the best? And all of a sudden now, is Zach Stacy and the running backs going to get a lot more action? Or is Hill going to be locking in on Tavon Austin or another one of these, Jared Cook? Who benefits from this? Dog, give me your minute synopsis on it, and then you give me a minute for the team, and, and, and then we'll move on. Well, to I, 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 do, I do want to mention real quick, this is another... Point that I need to make because we made the mistake. It wasn't a mistake. It was just out of necessity. But don't do your draft too early. We were in the midst of the draft, and I took Sam Bradford late rounds as my backup quarterback. I didn't realize you did. Okay. Yeah, and I'm fucked now. Don't take it too early, especially during that third week where guys can get injured. That third week where they're playing all the or guys. Or if you have your draft early, then have an extra few rounds built into it, maybe. Or, or something. Something, I mean. If a guy gets injured, you get his backup. Or, or, or you something. know what other people say? You'd like, like if Sean I Hill right now. Like that, if I was a commissioner, though. Absolutely. There are some people who just have their drafts early, and the commissioner goes, well... That's, that's the breaks. That's yes. the way the league's set up. And I kind of agree. I kind of agree with that. But we know, on the I other mean, hand, because again, it's so hard, right? I'm in seven weeks trying it's to tough. find the days to do them. Yeah. So, for example, you talk about like advantage leagues. My league, the one that goes through the entire playoffs, we do our draft on the Wednesday before the Thursday night football game. Yeah, we so, used and we did as well. And then, my, like and then my Pat Tillman league, which we talked about in this podcast, we do the draft on the Saturday after the Thursday game. And you lose those. No, 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 no. You get those points. But. No, no, those players are available, but everyone has to, before the auction, before that game is played, has to send in an email and say, if you draft this player, would you start him? So you can't have, like, who was the uh, the guy from Dallas that had that? Was it Ogletree? Or, yeah, or, or, Ogletree. Yeah. They had like, the Jeez, huge yeah. game. That, uh, people had to declare if they were going to start him. So even if you... Said that you, if you didn't say you were going to start him and you bid $20 for him, you couldn't start him week one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so. who, who else uh, was I thinking about that just had an injury? Um, hmm, I'm sorry, I'm spacing. I'll, I'll come back to it. Um, so, what do you guys think to go so on on the Rams thing? Yeah. Does it help the running back? Is there any wide receiver that's benefited by a Sean Hill who's shown he can be well, a me, fantasy viable quarterback? Okay. Or at least gun it to the, the you know, I'm Calvin hearing Johnson. Everywhere that I'm hearing and, and reading is that people are saying, oh, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to reserve because I know the dog is going to probably disagree with me on this. So so let me get my piece out. And I'll, it's good that he just left. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> might as well get a good time. And why are there donuts everywhere? Lana did that. Hey, do you want ants? Because that's how you get ants. You should know about ants. I do. I helped you get rid of your ants. Yeah, twice. I've done it. They're gone. They are good. So the thing is that Sean Hill, everyone's saying, oh, look. Look what he did when he was in 2010, and he took over for for Matthew Stafford, who got injured, and he led that high-powered offense, and and the offense didn't miss a beat. And that's what's going to happen here in St. Louis. Well, you know, part of the problem that, that, that I look at here is that that was four years ago. He hasn't been playing football in four years. The game has changed a lot. 
since 2010 to 2014. Number two, you don't have Calvin Johnson out there to throw the ball to. So that's a big difference as well. Calvin Johnson can make any quarterback look a lot better. Could make a lot of receivers get open because Calvin Johnson's on the other side of the field. He's a savvy veteran. He can, he can figure out how to, how to hit the right spots and do all those things. But at the same time, who is that difference maker on, uh, on this team? I don't see the difference maker. Tavon Austin, I love Tavon Austin. He's a guy that can take the top off of it by going fast. But he's not going to immediately going to say, because Devon Austin's on the left side of the field, i got to have a safety shading all the way over here that's going to open up for who is the other guy. Good so that, that's my point. I just don't see the weapons around there. So for me, I'm on the belief, yes, Zach Stacy is going to be the guy that's going to get a few more touches, and they're going to rely on him just to, to settle down the offense. Now, I, I also have an opinion on this, and I agree that it's, it's going to be more along the lines of the running game. But Sean Hill is more of a passer than Cone Clements was. Oh, there's he's, no doubt. He's a lot better of an arm who's a lot more accurate, who can control an offense a lot better. Yes, he hasn't started since 2010, but Cone Clements was never a starter either. It's not like that was a big difference in terms of starting capacity. Uh, the fact that matters is that they do have Kenny Britt this year. And I don't want to say that Kenny Britt is the end-all, be-all. He's not. Because he hasn't proved it Is yet. he the penultimate but, end all be all? <laughs> but he's 6'4", with a ton of speed. Yes. And he's a big target. Brian Quick, everything I've heard about him this offseason, has been plus, plus, plus. And he's in for the coveted third-year third year fucking breakout bullshit. Which I'm not a, in belief of, but I do like it in this situation for Brian Quick. I think he's a lot more acclimated with things, and he's got a lot more potential. Tavon Austin... Second year, obviously going to be a little bit better. Jared Cook, back in this offense, still a little bit better. I think that people are going to be looking at this as a must-run, big-run situation, which it will be, but I think that the receivers and Sean Hill will do a little bit better than people think. Cool. Well, yeah. Let's, I mean, let's, let's, a little bit better than people. Okay, yeah. Let's, 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 let's move on. I think um, we've seen what's, uh, what, what's happened uh, in the last game. What a great catch by John Brown. Oh, man. What a great catch. Dude, Just sick. so sick. He was not looking good at the, in the beginning of the game. And yeah, yeah. There was that a, catch, yeah. wow. What a diving grab. So you got you got John Brown who can take the top off it. Fast as shit, but I think they're going to be put, moving him all around the field and not just be throwing to him deep. Uh, you got Michael Floyd, who's obviously now the wide receiver one. You got Larry Fitzgerald. What are you guys thinking is going to happen there? Is, is, is Do these three help Carson Palmer's standings and move him up a little bit? Is there enough to go around? What's going to happen with those three? I think... Well, okay. I, I, just to say, I want to I give you a quote here. So, Because John Brown said, he goes, it wasn't a good night for me, but it was a great catch. Then Coach Bruce Arians told him, now you can sleep good. <laughs> ah, interesting. So because he had made, uh, I think prior to that, um, he finished the game with four catches uh, for 56 it's, yards, yeah. uh, but he only had one reception on three targets in the first half. So, you know, when all the starters were playing. Yes, exactly. Which yeah. is a huge difference, and people don't quite understand it. It's a lot easier to catch the ball and do whatever you want the fuck you want with it when you're an elite player playing against second team guys. Right. You know, so, I mean, John Brown understands it, which is a good thing. You know, he understands he, he still has work to do, but that kid is electric. 
He is. He, I mean, he's well, and, and, defiant. And think about of this though, too. The norm. You're not asking him to do a ton exactly in this offense. So, and again, we know Bruce Arians' offense. He loves the guy with the super speed yep. to occupy the safety or to hit the quick score. He he's the, and, and he's the kind of almost. Okay, where most offensive coordinators probably on average, over the last say five years, take an average of two to three shots downfield a game, maybe two, like real legitimate shots. Yeah, Arians is a guy that takes at least four. Yeah, at least yes, four to six. Well, listen, I, I mean, I'll tell you right now, and this is exactly what I was going to talk about. I mean, I saw Val Verde um, throw that ball up to. Michael Floyd. It was Michael Floyd's first preseason game. How many times did Carson Palmer miss Michael Floyd on touchdown passes? I watched it. Oh, my God. One was just barely out of the reach that I thought Floyd actually might have been able to catch, but it was still going to be really tough. The The other one was just flat out overthrown. The second one, not only is it overthrown, Michael Floyd is alone. No one within seven-yard radius. A seven-yard radius of him. That's what I, exactly and, what I was going to talk and about. And Palmer overthrows it out of the end zone off the sideline. It's like, oh my god! It, I don't even want, I don't even want to bash Carson Palmer. What I want to do is talk up Michael Floyd. Well, that guy created separation like I haven't seen in a while. Uh, on both of those plays, he was open by five yards. The second one, eight, eight to ten without even a question. Any good quarterback would hit that guy for touchdowns. He has been pretty right. much once a game. He's, he's been, that good. He's been my man crush. One of my man crushes all Absolutely. All I, I have not watched him. Saying that I'm, I'm like, wow, it's amazing how much he's developed over Fitzgerald. But how about this? On top of it, too, Fitzgerald looked great in yes. that game. Fitz looked he, awesome. He had the catch where he's running. He shrugs the one guy up and then runs another 20 yards and shows the person. And the guy really, I don't know who was that caught him, but had to run real hard to catch him. Oh, yeah, he did. Floyd went to Fitz's <laughs> camp this year. And because they're on the same team, I bet you Floyd rejuvenated Fitz a little bit. I think Fitz should shoot up a couple spots in people's drafts. I'm going to give you another one. I'm going to tie it all together. This is even bigger. Another reason why these guys are going to have a bigger year this year. Darnell Dockett. Yeah. He's gone from yeah, that defense. That hurts. I, and, and everyone out there who's grabbing the Cardinals defense high, stop it. Stay away right now. Stay away from the Cardinal defense. This is a defense that would have been top five in fantasy scoring with Patrick Peterson on those ends, you know, bringing back those returns and everything. Now without Dockett, now without their control. Coming back to everyone's hurt. Dockett is so big though. Everything that he does on the line with, with, with stopping the run, with aggressively rushing the passer and disrupting every pass lane that he's in. This guy is hurtful. This defense now goes from top five to, I want to say, out of the top 15. They are probably in the 15 to 20 range as far as the defense goes. I agree. It is now they're going to start giving up more points. Now that means that you're going to have to throw the ball more uh, or just be more of an active offense. And this whole offense, we already know, Andre Ellington, this is not a power run offense. This is an offense that's, by design, built to go against the tough run defenses in their division and not run against them. Well, the great thing about it, let's segue, <laughs> let's segue, let's segue this on Think that team that. to Andre Ellington, who has become a late second round, early third round. Pick. We need to get into his and mind that his nickname is not Dre. 
it's, it's the Duke. Duke. Every, all our all our listeners know. I know that they know. Every one of them's like, I got the Duke, but I keep her the Duke. Thanks, because I only had to use a twenty-two second round. He needs someone else to take care of this for him because I was reading about it. This was really recently posted. He's trying to get it. He is self-imposing the nickname Dre. It's very hard to self-impose a nickname. Yeah, we're not allowed to have it. You know whose camp I went to? Valverde's. That was actually pretty good. Oh, and I got the double the, down. The, the, the wow. What do you guys think about Ellington? I have him on my team. I'm high on him. Oh. I, but he is going high. You know, I'm not saying he's for sure, but that run that he made in that game, the oh. other night, I'm not saying he had an amazing game, but it just showed you otherworldly kind of abilities where that run basically... It looked like CJ2K from three or four years ago. Not many people can make that play. No, it was a 24-yard burst. It was like he, he makes a little cut to the left. Looks like, okay, he's going to go down by about five, six yards. He makes a cut back right. Then he puts on the juices and he just goes up. This, but the cut, basically, that cut, that cut made was, eight, oh, literally eight feet of separation yeah, on one was, one sidestep. It was it's insane. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. And, and the, Very style. The quotes that you hear from everyone everyone there, they're like, oh my God, the type of things that this guy, this guy, is, he's just dirty. He's just, yeah. he's a dirty player. I just, just, Go wash up, dirty bird. <laughs> this guy is the stuff. I'm telling you. And he can run the ball to him. And what they're smart about, you saw that run. It's not, space, it's not, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not a direct run up in the yeah. middle. Arians is not an idiot. He, he, he needs the if ball. If you were a beret, you got to be pretty smart or pretty tough or both. Yeah, it's true. A raspberry beret. The fact is, they do a lot. They're going to have to do a lot of del- If he's running up the middle, it's going to be on delays. It's going to be things where plays are happening. And then, then they're getting a ball to him. So what are your th- thoughts, Doug? I'm, I, I will tell you this. I am glad that he doesn't have competition. I do love Andre Ellington. I am a huge fan, always have been. I've loved him from the second I met him. But I'll tell you right now, if he had any sort of competition right now, other than a Jonathan Dwyer and a Stephon Taylor, there might be a little more question marks coming into this right now. No question. But that's no competition at all. He's got nothing going against him. I don't want to say that that means anything for this year because it, I mean, what it means is that Ellington's the man. Opportunity not. Next year, we'll see what happens. I have no idea if they're going to draft somebody who's a bigger back if they find out that Ellington's a little too small to do it. I don't know. I love him. I think that he's going to do big things this year. I think he's going to do great things. But I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Well, you I, know, I, don't, I hope he can again, take the wear. It's, again, it's about opportunity. It's about situation, right? Situation dictates so much. Why is Ellington going to be so good? Because of the pressure, and again, it, it also helps too. Is your coach an offensive coach or a defensive coach? Bruce Arians is an offensive coach. So, same thing when you look at Mark Trust when you're talking about Matt Forte. I see Ellington potentially to do a lot of things that Matt Forte can, does, but do them better. Because the stuff that he can do in the receiving game with what you say, how he's so dynamic and, and, and he can break all the... He's the guy that's going to break the 70-yard touchdown, the 65-yard receiving touchdown, a 40-yard touchdown here. That's what he's going to do. He's going to be like the Barry Sanders where he might be... He gets stopped, negative plays three yeah, in a row, in the and then it's, boom, big touchdown. play makes up for it all. Here's exactly what it is. Ellington is going to be gigantic for your team this year, I think. I really do believe that. He has that sort of breakaway capability who's going to actually do a huge thing for your league, for, for your team this year. What happens in the future, who knows? But here's what here's what happens. Uh, coaches run running backs into the ground. 
Yes. Because they're a dime a dozen nowadays. You'll find the next Andre Ellington within the next year. I guarantee it within the next two years. You're going to. You're going to find the next Deshaun McCoy within the next four years. But you know what you find out in the first it's what's three years going to happen. Here's why you run if them hard, too. If they got five years in the league. You run them hard <laughs> the first three years because that's the average. But you also then find out who are the guys that can take it. Yeah. Who's and if he around? can take it, because you got to give the, you, you, know you, can you, you can't coddle a guy all the time. They called him last year. This Val year, Verde can take it. Oh, that wasn't a Val Verde. <laughs> that's how you said that. I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> shit. Now, I don't have a Val Verde. <laughs> I got one for you. I got one for you. <laughs> ISIS isn't your own personal travel agency. It doesn't exist just so you can jet off to Whore Island. That's not a real place. <laughs> I wish it was. I did that as far as I knew it was. Yes. What the fuck? Swear All right, I'm booking tickets tomorrow. The fact is, you know who could take it? Adrian Peterson could take it. You know why? He's big. You know who else could take it? Matt Forte. He could take it. He's a big guy. 6'1", almost 6'2". And and to twenty, those guys can take it. Eddie Lacy's going to be able to take it. I don't know. Lynch has taken it. He's a big guy. Uh, who else is taking it? Uh, not a lot of other guys take it. But the big guys can take it. The little guys won't take it for long. They're going to run those little guys into the fucking ground until they're done, and then discard them. That's and what's going to happen to Ellington in the future. But he's going to be awesome for you this and year. And I, I don't disagree. So much talk about taking it, you know. Sorry, I was picturing Whore Island. <laughs> All right, let's talk about RG3, Garcon. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about the Reds. Hey, you read bit. my mind. <laughs> <laughs> RG3, Garcon, who slipped a, yeah, who the whole slipped a little bit. Not scared as well. Yeah. Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, Alfred Morris. Just quickly, each of you guys either discuss with one another or give your... Give your are you worried about Washington? Is this a team you're staying away from? Let's not talk too much about the quarterback controversy because we talked about that a lot last yeah. week. But at the end of the day, Theismann came out again this week and it's like, if if you want to know who should be starting, it's obvious who's the guy that can do it if right now. If it was now. a real competition. Yeah. If, if, you were if it was big, a yeah. real if competition. If there competition. Cousins, Cousins wins hands wins. down. Yeah, hands But down. it wasn't a competition. Griffin had it in the beginning. There was no competition. And Literally. Theismann was saying he looks like he hasn't been playing again, in the I, position. I, I, yeah. Looks like he's brand new to the position. Yeah. It's like not kind words. From well, and, and, and again, no, I'm, I'm seeing too many of these uh, with him and Cam Newton. Do you guys have to forget how to run and slide? Does anybody... Go to Russell Wilson's school of being a quarterback who runs and <laughs> should. don't get They're hurt. At Fitzgerald's camp. Jeez. Russell should Russell do it. Should on, do it on camp. Well, well, Russell, Wilson played up. baseball his whole life. As I, well. well, that's great. So he should run the camp. And that was the big question: Has Robert Griffin ever played a single obviously inning of not. baseball? Obviously not. You know, or Newton? Has those guys have those guys played baseball at all in their lives? Probably not. Yeah. By the way, I'm looking at it. No, no is the answer. So, I mean, that's obviously a huge thing with the, the Redskins. When it comes down to the Redskins, otherwise, I'm concerned all the way around. Yeah, because here's the problem. I'm not as concerned, I would say, about Pierre Garçon. I'm not because if RG3 goes down and Kirk Cousins comes in, he's going to, we already saw it, he targeted Pierre a lot. So, that chemistry is there. But they didn't have Deshaun, Deshaun I know, but you know what? You still go with what you know, and, and Pierre is still sure. a Or a healthy breed, to be that, to, to be honest. Right. Yeah, certainly absolutely. Didn't have a healthy Jordan Reed either. But the guy who's really going to probably benefit the most out of this is should be 
Alfred Morris, even though it's a John Gruden team and a John Gruden. J, I'm sorry, Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden. Yeah, big difference. Jay Gruden. John office. Gruden's doing Hooters and. Uh, I would feel courses. a lot more confident if John Gruden was the coach of this team because I will reiterate what I said in the last podcast when we talked about this. Jay Gruden's lost control of the situation, and the situation is now controlling the team. So that's why I just I've and I in a recent draft I, I, I pulled in my I auction I pulled an amazing one where I was bidding up Pierre Garcon because I needed a wide receiver. I ended up getting Crabtree instead, which is also another messed up offensive situation. Agreed. But I like his situation better than Garcon. And so I got to the point where I max bid and the guy went one dollar over me. I'm like, fine, I don't want I don't want that one. I read I read that Helu's getting gonna be getting more and more playing time and they're liking him in the situation. Uh, Reed's a guy that if he gets hit hard and wrong, it could be a concussion nightmare. But I like Reed still for sure. He's a great value pick on where he's going for the talent that he's got. But overall, I think the team's scary as hell. Uh, I think Garcon is probably better off with the Cousins. Um, even though he's still going to get some targets, they'll be way down from what he did last year. Um, I mean, Morris didn't look like, couldn't get into the end zone. I don't know. You know, it's just. That was, that, you know, but here's a guy that. I'm, whole, stay, I'm staying away. You know, I, know, I know, I know, I know. But his whole career, he's a guy that always falls forward. Yeah. This one episode in preseason. Is it all the running backs' fault? Is it the offensive line not have any type of culpability here as well? Yeah, I mean, true. so. The only, the, the only player that I would really take on that team um, is a Jordan Reed because of his upside. And the only way I would take him is if I made sure that I had a really nasty backer. You know, and which I happen to get in my league. The only reason why I took Jordan Reed is because I knew I had Dennis Pitta. Yeah. And Dennis Pitta made You took all the Pitta difference. before Reed or after? No, I actually took Pitta after, but I made sure that every team that was picking... I took him in back-to-back rounds. You knew you, knew you were... Yeah, I know every team had a a, a, a solid, no-doubt tight yeah, end you did Pitta. You that did. they wouldn't take a tight end. So I knew I could take Reed first. And if somebody else came back to me, I would not have taken Pitta, actually. There was... I probably should have either way taken Pitta first, but Reed has such an upside. Uh, that's not that. Reed's upside is ridiculous. I love Pitta for the year in general, but you have to hedge the bets because Reed is injury prone. He's okay. got those. He's got those headaches. What do you think about <laughs> this guy Ryan Grant, the rookie uh, wide receiver guy? I think he might have gone undrafted, but he's. He's basically... Oh, he is undrafted. He's undrafted. Yeah, he's, he's un- undrafted he's in un- terms of ADP. Eight, yeah, Nobody's ADP's thinking about a Ryan Grant, but that guy's dynamic. Right? That guy, yeah. He, I, that he made a awesome. couple amazing catches in the game. I watched him. Everyone's raving about him and just saying, this... this. I don't want to sh- make the floor on him something so unexciting, but right now he feels to me like the potential of a Jason Avant or somebody like that you know he's not going to beat out and be better than Garcon he's not going to be out and be better than uh, Deshaun Jackson but there might be a role for him and there might be some catches for him it's it's I don't know this year I think they're they are in such disarray that I would stay away from everything especially somebody like are they a in general like disarray? a rookie wide receiver a rookie wide receiver although zero when it comes to the potential of this team in the future, if they get the, if they get their fucking shit in order, Ryan Grant could be a real player in the future, and he's somebody that you might want to think about in dynasty leagues if you want to take him for cheap or if you See, took him in your rookie draft. The thing about stash dynasty leagues, I, I think there's other guys that I would rather stash over Ryan Grant. That's I agree. So they're, they're, they're definitely. Are, he's one of these but, guys that I would tell you if you're in a dynasty league, keep your keep him on your radar. And be aware of him because he's one of these guys that even next year you're still going to be able to probably pilfer at at, at a value. Yeah, you're going to be able to get him way, way cheaper than anything you would ever get for him this year. 
You can get him next year for nothing. Right now, Zero. it's just a name, and I think he's maybe has that 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 mindset, that professionalism, where as the as kind of the wheels turn, fall off this thing, that I think is going to happen. Seems to be an mo of what happens with RG three over the last two three years. I think that's definitely the mo that happens with the Deshaun Jackson around a new coach. That's lot, kind of a player. A of it, there's a lot of there's it's there's like, a lot of Adam Bomb players. <laughs> you know how they say it? It happens from the top down. Yeah. Daniel Dan Snyder. Snyder is one of the least even even the mojo around the team's friggin' moniker and name right. is negative and right now and out in the out in the media and the in the in our in our thoughtful lexicon of, of being friggin' a bad negative thing. Redskins. Saw so my, my brother in law was wearing a, a new shirt, uh, a t shirt that had uh, a side of a guy with a uh, mullet on and uh, and <laughs> chewing on like a, a piece of like uh, uh, oat or something and it's rednecks. Washington Redneck. Yeah, the Rednecks. And it was freaking hilarious. He's like, he's like, you like my shirt, D? I'm like, dude, that shirt dominates. Can I, can I, I, he's like, do you think the Rednecks would be offended? And I said, I hope so. Can I, can I, <laughs> I want to offer up. I, wanna, I like in Amer- Native American Indians so much more than I like American Rednecks. I you can't one. even quantify it. I wanna, if you're a Redneck and you love us, I love you for it. But the fact is, American Indians are a lot cooler than all your Rednecks. I got a better name for the team. I'm gonna steal the team name from, I love you all from my you. league of uh, uh, a guy that you know, Josh, my, my buddy Josh. His team name is the Capitol Hill Krusty Honkies. <laughs> <laughs> That's his team name. It's good. It works. Because I make because I make every team have to have a city and then a. a and then I a hope name. his team doesn't his team doesn't have as many days off of not working as oh Capitol Hill sir, sure does. No, unfortunately, he wishes he had as many days off as as, as, the, as his Capitol Hill Krusty Hockey. <laughs> yeah, they sure they do good. Uh, think about the alliteration there: Capital C Crust. Oh no, Hill's the H, but Krusty Hockey. So you got C H C H. I'll tell you right now. I'll get it. Capitol Hill Krusty Hockey C H C H. Alliteration is like C C C. This is like a, a reverse alliteration of CHCH. Shitty, like, shitty bang bang? Is that what you're trying to get? Uh, he's a musician, so maybe he's like doing a chord of some uh, sort. Of progression. Yeah, right? yeah, progress. yeah, there you go, progression. Listen, a, a lot of wide receivers <laughs> on the, on the uh, Washington Redskins, they've had a lot of wide receivers that are good, that you could see maybe exploding at time, from time to time. We've Gary talked Clark. about a lot of them over the years. Yeah. You know, I mean, Hankerson, uh, you know, uh, Alder, uh, Rob, you know. Santonio Moss. Uh, yeah, exactly. Santonio Moss, I like the combination. Oh, Santana Moss. <laughs> another guy, another Same team sense. that has a lot of wide receivers at the back Moss. end that you always hear a lot about that you've liked a bunch of them are the Oakland Raiders. Jerron Kreiner, yeah. Andre Holmes is a guy who's sneaking up charts this year. Bryce Butler. Bryce Butler is another one. Someone uh, you know who's hurt, who they're saying is banged up with just got a concussion, I believe, is um, number seventeen. Spacing off his name, uh, Daenerys. Yeah, didn't he? Daenerys more. He's got a nagging injury or a no? Or a he, the guy's had a nagging everything. Not not nagging uh, so much injury wise. He's just a he's a nag. Okay. Well, how about this? I, I don't like him. Matt yeah. Schaub has got an elbow issue, and you mentioned all these players. The reason why I think these guys have uh, potential. Uh, Matt Schaub is. Huh? With Carr? Oh, no, go on. Right. Matt Schaub has got, has got in, an elbow issue. Carr is the guy that's going to be running this team. Week I, five, I, I, week I six. Exactly. It's not going to take long. Before. They're, they're, before. Right. 
Before. This is not. This is not David Carr. This is a good quarterback here. This this kid has got the skills. He's a leader. Is what he is. He's a leader and a winner. And this team is in dire need of that, and they need someone to step in. Look. And they need a they need a pocket passer. They they want they want the Terrell Pryor out there because again you've drafted all these wide receivers that have speed and all these all these attributes. You got to have someone that can throw them the ball. Yeah, down Plain the field. Plain and <laughs> simple. Listen, I, Oakland I like, I like was Carr. bound to get lucky. Yeah, one of these days, David Carr was their lucky. It was okay. Not they David. Drafted not David. Oh, David. Derek. 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 Sorry, did I say David? Yeah. Jesus. Sorry. Just Stop say D Carr. Just say D Carr. Yeah, it's just Derek Carr. My bad. I have Derek on my team. <laughs> That's what's fucked up. In my starting a rookie league, so I'm very happy about that. But Derek Carr is a leader. This guy can win games quite a bit. They got very lucky with this one. They've drafted so many terrible players over the years, where they just could, they could not. It wasn't terrible players. It was just they nothing worked. Well, the good thing is too, he's going to come into the situation in the right way. The way right way for a rookie quarterback to come into the situation is when the incumbent fails. Because who is the best? Who is the most loved guy in every town that has a bad team? It's the backup quarterback. Every but time. didn't but yeah, and, and he's also a local product, right? So yeah. Fresno, Fresno State, State, right? That's when you're Oakland, where everyone's talking. Uh, yeah, Magic Johnson saying, "Yeah, Oakland's going to be back in LA." Other people are talking about how they're going to be in San Antonio. You don't think that the ownership or just anyone doesn't want to rally around a player that to keep that front? You know how much people love the Oakland Raiders. Might not be enough to keep a. Fr- they're better off in London. They'll sell out more games at Wembley Stadium. Don't go to but, LA. Just would Oakland just pony up the damn money and give them a real stadium and let the Oakland A's get a real stadium? What the hell, Oakland? But Derek Carr's backstory. Well, oh, who's the governor of, well. of California now? Do something. Help them out. It's, got, it's more business based. You got to go to Oracle. You got to go to Sun. You got to. You got to get the money from the from the from the VC guys that. Uh, just can't buy the 49ers. <laughs> All right, I didn't mean to bring up Oakland because <laughs> it's not for sale. Oakland's not a situation that anybody really wants to talk about. What 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 other situation? Well, one thing I do want to talk about is San Francisco. San San Francisco. San Francisco's. I don't even really talk about their team at all because we just don't know. I think they're going to be inconsistent. Unless they just let Kaepernick run. Let me, out of the let me ask the biggest question about San Francisco. But their stadium, you hear yeah. the news? I have the, the, the worst, the worst you, turf in the league. Dude, be worse than their the stadium is fucked. No the turf is all up. They they were practicing on the field for after that game. People were sliding everywhere and getting hurt and everything. Harbaugh's like, we're out of here. They've already pulled the turf up twice, twice since that twice. practice. I know. That's, That's I mean, a problem. We have the dude. worst. Soldier Field's they always had great the worst. internet. We've but always the had the worst turf here in Soldier Field, and they are taking our title from us. You know what? This is BS. We should have the worst turf in the league. Yeah, we want the worst turf. You know, that's our home field advantage. Uh, fog and turf. That's what we're all about. So well, anybody, turf, turf, any any bets on how many plays it takes Marcus Lattimore to tear his knees up again on that turf? Oh, he's he's he yeah. He's thank God he's not playing. When he when sake. he gets activated sometime this year, I'm. Taking bets over under at three quarters, three quarters of action for Marcus Lattimore. Well, he's over under anybody. Well, he's not going to play for the first six weeks. He's on the uh, yeah, yeah, I know. But when he finally does get activated later in the year, I think he's just not. I just got a feeling he's not. I don't think he's touching the field this year at all. He will. He will. They have to. Lamarcus James, uh, uh, Michael James, is that bad? Well, we'll find out. He's that bad. 
He goes talk down. About, talk about some play. Talk no, no, about no, some no, other no, no, I just wanted to say that the say whole thing about San Francisco that worries me is that the whole Jim Harbaugh situation. Again, I mentioned that uh, this is recurring for me because I'm, I'm, I'm in tune with this and I think it does make a difference. Here's a team that's been on the premises of basically being in the Super Bowl, right, every year. Now people have all these high expectations for him. Jim Harbaugh's contract's not all settled. There's there's so much BS going on between him and the and the owner or, or the, the, is it the GM, which whatever. There's a lot of there is strife, and the most people are kind of figuring this is his last year in San Francisco. So if this is his last year and he's already kind of figuring out his exit plan, then that to me says that all the attention is on this team. Kaepernick's going to be running. Well, or no, no. Well, or, or it tells me that that uh, you know, if Kaepernick's running, this team is awesome offensively. Kaepernick's not going to be running. I, I, I don't, I don't but know. But if, if Harbaugh's out this year, he doesn't want to save Kaepernick. He just wants. Well, to that's a good him. point. Now, if, if that's <laughs> the case, how he doesn't. I just look at it more from the overriding standpoint of you're not having that that hard leadership that's all about gung ho. You know, if if he's feuding with the front office, then that spills over into your. It, it's, it's inevitable. We're all human. Someone's giving you a negative relationship on this side or on this side. I think Harbaugh's got, got the that, other I side. I think Harbaugh's got matter. that locker room. I'm spacing the name of the GM for some stupid reason, but uh, I think he's got the he's got the locker room. I'm not too worried about that. I, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, they're also getting older as a defense, and they're uh, I'm worried slow. about I'm worried about that team fully. Yeah. Uh, from a fantasy standpoint, there's too well, many the too much. Was a window I love Crabtree. I love Vernon Davis individually. Anquan Bolden's a baller. I they've got all these young guys. Patton looks good sometimes. Ellington looks like he can do it sometimes. You got. Gore, Lloyd, uh, friggin' Steve. Hi. There's too many. There's too many bodies, and there's too much. I'm nervous of them. Um, so that's that. But let's talk about a different um, little squad quickly, and let's go over to you know some of the guys wrapped around quickly around the Bills. Uh, C.J. Spiller, obviously, he was drafted with an ADP last year of five, as we know from our piece in our draft kit on ADP from last year versus where they finally ended up. Yeah, I think what was what was he last year? Did he end up at 175 or just 75? No, from the draft kit, <laughs> CJ Spiller, drafted number five, finished number what? Well, whatever. I can hold this while you, if you guys can find that I out. Can't, the, I can't. I don't, that, I don't do you have the draft kit open? No. Uh, if not, it's not a big deal. But what do you expect from CJ Spiller? Who's, who's the Fred now is 41. 41 is that value? What do you guys expect? Is EJ Manuel going to have a great sophomore season and make? Sammy Watkins and right. what's going to happen with this team from a fantasy perspective? Because I'm staying away because yeah. I just don't know. I think you should stay away. From I don't know, 27 time. last year. He was 127. No, t- uh, no, not his overall ADP last year. 27 of running backs alone that he finished. Yes. Okay. Last year. So 170, okay. whatever is, is more likely. It's in that tab. It's in that ADP it's value the, uh, tab. The, the, it's the like second last the, tab. Yeah, rear mirror one that I did with all yeah. the, the multicolors. But the uh, the thing about EJ Manuel is I just don't know. It's so inconsistent, everything that I've seen out of them, that I can't get behind anybody on Buffalo right now. So, you know, uh, where it was, we had this discussion in the mock draft, and I actually have on my one of my keeper teams, I have, I have to drop one of them because I'm going to activate Andrew Luck. I got John Brown and I got Marquise Goodwin. We said they're the same player, yeah. but I want that player that's in Bruce Arians' offense, so I'm keeping John Brown. Yeah. Because, again... Sammy Watkins is dealing with injuries. Um, you got old man Fred Jackson, who they were solid behind. C.J. Spiller, 
Question mark. Okay, we'll see what he's going to do. They haven't given him his contract yet. You got Robert Woods, Mike Williams. Does, it, does Bryce Brown rise to the top there? Bryce Brown's. I mean, it, who knows? This is one of those things. If they if they decided that they're done with Spiller, then eventually he's going to start getting some some looks. But he fumbles the ball too, so they're all scary. Last I, I'm year, I'm talking about it. You talk about him, dog. Last <laughs> year, the Browns traded uh, Trent Richardson. It wouldn't shock me at all if the Bills traded C.J. Spiller. Wouldn't mean it's a contract year. Could they find someone to give him a first round pick for him? No, but I think they'd be happy with a second or third. I think they'd be happy with a fourth. Yeah, you're probably right. Could, could happen. To be quite honest, the guy's got talent. There's no doubt about that. It's just whether what, what, what team thinks they can make the most of that talent, and that's like what the Bears. That's actually what uh, the, the 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 Blackhawks are renowned for. That's what uh, it's, you know. Certain teams are renowned for. They think they can make the most of. The White Sox. Uh, for re, 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 uh, taking a, a first-round draft pick pitcher after he's failed for four years and trying to re, re, exactly. remake him. But exactly. there's also the opportunity that he could be Thomas Jones. He could be... Yeah. Who was the guy on the 49ers that was like a third overall? Garrison Hurst. Hurst. Where yeah. there's, there's guys like this that do... Hard drafted, very high, stink it up for their first five years in the league, and then their last five years in the league are like, wow, this guy is awesome. But, but let me ask you a question. And he gets isn't a 10, this, 11 year career. This is almost a perfect situation could be that for guy, him. So I agree with Doug. Somebody's going to go for him. But again, yeah. I th- isn't this almost a perfect situation? Fred Jackson's a guy who's basically doing all the hard running now yep. because they're trusting him to do it. When he had that super successful season, we're like, we were just projecting the, all those same carries over 300 carries that he had on like, was it even 200 carries that year? When he had the 8, 1600, it was... It was low. It was it low. Was high yardage. Whatever it was, maybe it was 205 was or something. It was a low amount of carries. So we were just anticipating, oh, well, you just give him the ball more, is going to be the same thing. No, he was hurt. Now if you go back and they, they have, they're behind Fred Jackson... This is a perfect situation for him. I worry if he goes to another place. It's like, you know, it's he's, he he could fit like he would be better almost like uh, where the, where Chris Johnson is because he's okay with being a guy that doesn't get all the carries. You know, because he because he, he was always having them split with him. Well, you're always saying that, and I think that's something I've kind of learned. Two hundred seven carries. It was two seven. Okay, yeah, two hundred seven and like fourteen hundred yards. Two hundred seven, uh, twelve hundred forty four yards. Uh, but he also had 459 yards receiving. receiving. Right. Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's go to another guy. We'll Eight see. Yards per carry was. Yards per carry was 6.0. 6. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> you can bottle that up. And what uh, was it last year? Uh, 4.6, which is not even that bad. No, it's not that 4. bad at 6. all. That's great. Oh, it's only 4.6. Let's talk about a guy that I know Dogmatica loves in Jeremy Macklin and some of the other talent around him. We've talked a bit about, um, you know, uh, Shady at the running back position, so maybe we'll just keep it to Foles, uh, Macklin, Jordan Matthews, Riley Cooper, and and that zone. Um, What's to expect with this high-powered offense? Are you excited about this at that position, or are there too many mouths to feed what are you feeling about a, a, a Macklin, Riley, and all those fellas? I will tell you that there are not too many mouths to feed because there's so many plays. It doesn't matter. Um, that is one of those types of offenses where everybody can succeed. And it, sh- and it showed last year. You can succeed in this offense no matter what position you are. It doesn't matter because there's 
Yeah. So many plays to go around. It's not enough mouths to feed, to be honest. <laughs> um, but here's the situation is that Deshaun Jackson put up easily his best year in his career. 20 more catches. Easily. It's not even close. And Deshaun Jackson isn't the type of player that Macklin is. Macklin could actually succeed more in this system if he stays healthy for 16 games. Now that's now you bring. I, I want to just make a quick interjection because this is all I want to say about Macklin. I'm an owner of him in a dynasty league. I nearly shit my fucking pants when he hyperextended his the same goddamn ACL that he tore. Now, which is the same thing that Bradford did, and he's lying on the ground. I'm going. I'm, I'm I'm literally sitting above my grabbing his knee. I was by myself. Rising in pain. By myself. I'm, I'm by a couch. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm pounding. I'm making all kinds of noise like I am here on this podcast. Because I couldn't believe it. I'm like, here's a guy. Thank that, God your girlfriend wasn't He came back and he played. He, her. he came back. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm no Ray Rice. Or pounding her. I did that. Way did, well, hey, you know. Listen. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. Can somebody please shut up that damn coyote? Listen. So, anyway. Um, what was I talking about? I don't yeah. know. You had a, you looked like you had a great. Sign I know. I know. I know. <laughs> so my point, my point, my yeah, point is that I worry about him. I like, I love everything that he can do. But Lincoln Field, we talk about the turf over in, in San Francisco. I don't know. Veteran Stadium, maybe part of that mojo is, is turning over there. He avoided a major injury, and he's on the one-year contract too. I'm just. I see the way that he plays, and it's and I, it's it's scary. I'll tell you right now that Macklin is going ADP a lot lower than I think he should be. I agree with that. What's his ADP? Okay, I mean he, I mean he's going. I think as the twenty fourth receiver at this point. It is um, as the um, no, it's it's uh, should be. Oh my god, is it lower than that? Oh, okay, you're right. No, 24th is uh, Torrey Smith right now. <laughs> Macklin is at, Jesus, he's 28th. 28th. 28th receiver at this point. His Would you rather return, have Torrey Smith or Jeremy Macklin? Last year, Macklin. last year, Deshaun Jackson was going about 28th. Yep. 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 What did he end up? About 7th, 8th, mm-hmm. something like that. I'm telling you, if Macklin lasts the whole year, yeah. it's 7th or 8th. Yeah. Period. He's a top ten receiver. That offense does it. That position will give you seven, top seven or eight points. Period. But that depends on him being healthy. It's worth the chance at that sort of ADP. When he's going as the twenty eighth receiver, and you can grab him in like the what can you grab him like the seventh, eighth, ninth round or something. He went in the fifth. Even, he went in the fifth in our draft on on on, on Saturday. Well, here's he the other thing too. I think in I think, a ten man league. I think all of these. Yeah. I think all I think of smart the, uh, people are drafting them higher than that. But exactly. I think look at those the ADP who for all the of those receivers. So you have. Uh, you, as you said. Well, I think that's a great question. Well, well you talk out loud, but quickly. Uh, Jordan Jordan Matthews uh, or Riley Cooper? Who's going to have a better season? I think Jordan Matthews is going to have the better season. What about you, Doug? I am starting to waver a little bit. The Cooper's That's getting drafted pretty high. Well, no, this is my point. I want to this is what, let me let me let me bleed into this, and then you guys, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, have yeah, your yeah, statement yeah, for yeah, you. This I is where I'm trying to go. Uh, 
Riley Cooper's average ADP is at the 110 overall, 38th amongst wide receivers, whereas Jordan Matthews is going all the way at 177, uh, 61st amongst wide receivers. So, Riley Cooper, because here's here's why Riley Cooper has started to climb up lately. He had a good game in the last preseason games. Everyone sees all oh, third preseason game. Riley had a couple big catches. They're going, oh, okay. I remember last year they they liked him. Yes, I'm going to tell you, Riley Cooper is going to have more fantasy points than Jordan Matthews over the first six games of the season. The last ten games of the season, it's going to be all Jordan Matthews because the skills that he has, Cooper doesn't have. And it's just, it's a matter of, for a lot of times, especially with these rookies, look at when Terrence Matthews started hitting his stride, uh, Williams last year, not sorry, Terrence Matthews, Terrence Williams for Dallas. It was about week six, seven. This is the time. They're acclimated into the offense. They, now, they, now they know all the plays. The nomenclature is not foreign to them anymore. Everything's coming to be second nature. They're in the right spots now. Now the quarterback can throw them the ball. And they're on the right teams. Right. That's the other thing. Here's the thing, is that... Um Philly plays the Jets coming up here. Um, I think it's this last preseason game. Uh, do you think that Michael Vick convinced a few guys? Oh, this is big. The Jets <laughs> to kick know, the fuck big... out of Riley Cooper because he, he didn't thank him. He didn't return his. Uh, he didn't uh, when he got his nice contract. He didn't. Uh, yeah. He didn't thank him. Yeah, that, that was because Vick was put his armor on him last year when it was the whole KKK Cooper Wait, thing. Vick Vic didn't. Congratulate him. No, no, Cooper, no. Cooper didn't congratulate. Listen, Vic said to him when he when Cooper got his contract that he signed. He goes, "Congratulations!" And Cooper never returned his call. Uh, and yeah. Vic is the guy that when Cooper made the statements that made him KKK Cooper. Yeah. Vic is the one that. By the way, that game is going on tomorrow night. You can listen to this podcast while watching that game and watching Riley Cooper eat a. I don't even want to say it. Don't be that guy. Don't be that cracker. <laughs> All right, let's talk about another uh, another team and and see where it takes us. And you know, we're sitting here at about two hours and thirteen minutes. And I would like to have this podcast done in about the next fifteen minutes. I think we talked about a ton of guys. Um, one thing I will mention here, as will give us our last opportunity to do so, we've got our version five of the Pyro. 2014 draft kit out came out uh, yesterday. It is substantial. It's our final version. If you've been waiting, if you've got a draft this weekend, or if you just can't get enough of reading the best fantasy football information around, and you just want to be omniscient on fantasy football, pick this thing up. It's 15 bucks. It's all over our site. Holy shit, snacks! We have snacks. There are lots of snacks in that draft kit. There's actually 19 tabs of snacks, and it's really ridiculous. So, dog, you, you, you outdid yourself as usual. Everyone that buys this literally emails me or hits me up and just like, dude, just bought the draft kit. Dude, you guys are ridiculous. Dude, bought the draft kit. Thing's sick. Dude, just brought had a draft. Use your draft kit last week. I've never been better in, the, in 10 years of this league. Wow, those tears are amazing. The, just... Pick it up if you're still drafting, or if you just want to see, uh, you know, something in, in its prime. Well, if you want to see someone, if you want to see, it's like watching Jordan in in friggin' '92. Now, that draft kit version five is in the prime. Not only is again, yeah, you say 
Buy it now. Finally you, got a basketball. Let's say, let's say that you already had your job. You say, so you, what's $15? Just buy it for 15 bucks because I'll tell you what, it's not like it's only for one year. Yeah. Because all the draft strategies and all the secondary pieces that are in there are things that how we build our lives in fantasy football. We're that giving week, you the information. That, that, yeah. week, that week-to-week strength of schedule... It's in season, makes this thing worth it for the whole year. But, but this is in season. You can exactly. use it. It's not really for your drafts. That component is actually completely for. Wow, it's week two. I've got Dog Manica. You got Pitta, and you got Jordan Reed. These guys are both going up against great, uh, easy teams in in pyro, pyro power rankings against tight end. How am I really going to decide this? Strength of schedule that week. Boom. Looks like. Uh, Jordan Reed's playing the second easiest uh, schedule at the position, and you know, freaking Pitt is playing the 11th. Boom! There's your answer. Yeah, you just not, take you, not you not go with Jordan. Strike the schedule, but stay. Well, I'm just yeah. Projected power exactly. rankings and stuff. Week to you week. can see like the teams that he's going up against. Uh, do they give up a shitload of points against tight ends normally? It's yeah, an in-season tool. We're and calling he's got it a draft kit once too. We're well, calling it a draft kit, but this thing, in a lot of ways, is a fully it's an arsenal, still a weapon of mass destruction during the season. Think of it this period. way. When, you, when you're looking at someone offers you a trade and they offer you a player that you never heard of before, go into the draft kit. Yeah. Look up the player. Oh, Pyromaniac has six pro, seven or eight, ten pros and cons on the guy. It's a rookie. Does this guy have fantasy oh, liability Oh, rookie year? tab. Or does Pyro think they're Let's pull up the rookie look. tab and see what it says. But let's look at the rookie right up on it. We Pick got it the all. thing up. The thing's ridiculous. If you haven't <laughs> picked it up and you're done with your drafts and you listen to us religiously, just because it's the only way that we're paying for all of our bills, for illustration, our web development, all this stuff, just give back to the community. Pyro's given to you. We love you. You don't have to do it. We're not asking, we're not trying to dry, soak you dry or anything, but the thing is out of control. It's the price of half a hat. What's like, their beef? Oh, the same entitled crap as always. I can't make ends meet. I'm on food stamps. My child died because I couldn't afford new bone marrow. Just me, 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 me. Jesus, whose kid died? Oh, who remembers? Check Pam's blog. Yeah, pay, buy our draft kit. Buy our draft kit, please. Pretty much. I'm, I'm me, 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 me. Pat the blog, she tells you. Buy the draft kit. Um, all right, you know, let's let's talk. Do we need to talk about any other guys? Yeah, I, I think, I, you know. I think we're I'm pretty good. good. Listen. Oh, here's what, here's what we got to do. Now's what we do. Perfect timing. Prime it. We're priming. Kickoff. We said we were going to talk briefly. Big time. And we were gonna, let's talk. Right. Let's quickly talk. We'll get 10 minutes. There you go. We, we're at 217. We'll be done at two and a half hours, which is actually really good for us. Uh, we're going to talk about Thursday, September 4th. Kick NFL kickoff. It's a rematch of that bullshit game where uh, oh, uh, the, 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 the Golden the, uh, Tate came down, uh, came down with that touchdown that obviously wasn't a touchdown. The but BS win. Won. The BS win. The BS, BS loss for the Packers. Win. Yes. Uh, but we got the Packers are going to be at the Seahawks. Obviously, 12 players. I was asking my friend uh, in uh, who's a big Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin. So I was asking him how he felt about that game. And he's basically, you know. Uh, Scott, and that was week one, too. So don't speak to me, ever. And while you're not ever speaking to me, jump up your own ass and die. That's what he told me. I do that all the time. <laughs> I love it when I do that. So the Packers at Seahawks, I mean, these are two of the favorites. I, I read that um, Sports Illustrated, may not, ESPN has the Packers winning it all. And, and then, no, ESPN, the magazine actually has the Broncos beating the Saints. 
And then I think Sports Illustrated has the Packers winning it all. So no one's picking for the for the repeat. They're not believing in the chance because it hasn't happened. When's the last repeat champion that we had? I think was it the Packers Seahawks or what? No, I don't think it was. I don't know. I, 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 I'm I, trying to remember who they called. But the Packers are one of the best teams in the league. If Rob. Rodgers yeah. can stay healthy. I mean, obviously the BJ Raji uh, that's big thing is, is is really big. But this is a this is a first game of an important season. Two of the league's finest teams are going at it, and if this is going to be a telling tale on how a lot of things are going to happen in this league, if the Packers come out and start shitting all over Seahawks. Uh, you know, I know about next eight weeks. It's all about the Packers. Winning I'm, I'm gonna let you go on this. I'm just gonna say my bit. I have a feeling that this is gonna be just like last year, where um, ooh, was it the Baltimore played against Denver? Baltimore just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, right? and they were going up against uh, Denver, who just lit them to shreds. Shreds. Seven touchdowns. Yes. For Seven Peyton. touchdowns for Peyton. Okay. Now. On the on the way that this works out, this would seem to be the same type of a situation, right? A defensive team that had just won the Super Bowl going against a prolific offensive team. And I do believe that this game is going to be about one team tearing the other team to shreds, although I'm taking Seattle. Um, I do believe that this is possibly one of the biggest statement games of the year. It is either Seattle comes out and says... Listen, you motherfuckers, we kick ass in this league and you have no place playing on our field. Get the fuck out of here. Seattle is one of the best, if not the best team at home over the last five years. One loss in the last 16 games. Yeah, unbelievable. They are just ridiculous at home. So uh, it would be a very huge feat, a very huge feather in the cap if... The Packers were to happen to win this game. Sure. Do I believe it happens? No. Simply because of the way I saw that. I hate to say it because preseason doesn't matter that much, but the way that Seattle manhandled the Bears was embarrassing. Everyone. That they yeah, they manhandled, it was embarrassing they except for the first game. I don't care about the other ones. The Bears specifically, because the Bears are a lot like the Packers. With the passing and the the big time receivers being able to make plays and everything, and a great running back and stuff. I'm sorry, and uh, not the greatest defense, especially with BJ Raji going up. I'm sorry, but it's going to make a big call and a big difference in what's going on. Seattle's going to manhandle. My, I, I, I wish it was. I, I, I hate to say it, but I wish it was the other way around. But the reason, even though I hate the Packers being in in the North with my Bears, I hate the Packers. But still, I would I wish that the Packers would kick the shit out of Seattle so that the Bears would feel something of a redemption being like, okay, we can beat them. Yeah. But otherwise, I think that the Seattle made a big difference in that huge preseason defeat of the Bears. That wasn't the thing. To me, that's not what's the difference. I know that their defense can shut guys down. It's the and they're doing offense. That's the difference. What their offense has done in the preseason has put so much pressure on the other opposing team's offenses because they scored on every offensive possession yeah. against the Bears. They're so much better offensively than anybody scored, realizes. There was touchdowns. <laughs> Just touchdowns. Touchdown. 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 If, if, and, they're in the, if they're in the top, if they're in the, within the five yard line with the way Russell Wilson can oh. hold it and they've got four guys going out, 
it's almost impossible for him not to score on a, on, on a running play. And there are... Uh, and he doesn't get touched. No, he doesn't get touched. And the, and the other fact is that look at Green Bay's defense. That's not a good defense. The Bears' defense is not good. They made the Bears look bad. They made San Diego, which has a pretty good defense, look like shit. Yeah. They are going to make, now with a, a B.J. Rodgers-less Packers defense, and I, I love Clay Matthews, but uh, he's just not going to get to Russell. Here's, uh, here's Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin and uh, uh, Kristen Michael could be potentially the most potential type backfield in, in, in the entire NFL. Really, they have that much potential within them, but it doesn't even matter if they stop. If any team stops that run game, I'm telling you that those receivers are so much better, and those tight ends are so much better than people realize. And Russell Wilson being able to scramble out of any situation, that Seattle team is going to be nearly impossible to beat again. Here's the only thing: Percy Harvin. You kidding me? Oh, healthy? They didn't have him healthy all year last so year, for, and they won the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, so here for Houdini, who's been all over the Percy Harvin. Yeah. Uh, it's man, it's all, if he stays healthy, then Houdini's psyched. What we saw. I don't think he's going to be a great game. fantasy player, but I think he's oh, the best my, thing for that offense. You don't think he's going to be a great man? Did you not see what he did when yeah. he gets the ball? He creates so much for everyone. He made Jermaine Curse be open so many times, and when he gets the ball, like the Andre Ellington play. The play that Percy gets where he gets the seven-yard catch and then he just turns and makes him another 11, eight, 11, 12 yards like nothing. This guy, oh my, it is just such a dimension. To, it, it makes Russell Wilson, that's why he went up my tears just because of, of what he did. Luke Wilson looks like he's going to get targeted oh, a yeah. in the red zone too. He will. So when you're thinking about a tight end that like you can get real low and if you're that guy that's saying, I'm, not, I'm waiting on a tight end, whatever... There's something that tells me that that guy's actually going to be... He's going to be like Scott Chandler two years ago or something. He's going to have like... Oh, eight touchdowns. Yeah, he's going to have like eight touchdowns. He's going to get his dick on a stick for you sometimes, but you're going to look and he's going to have a couple two-touchdown games. Now, here's the one thing I'll say about what you say in regards to Seattle, and we'll see. We'll know next Thursday. You could be right. But the one thing I'm thinking that might happen this year in the NFL, more so than the last few, is there might be offensive juggernauts. Seattle might be one of them the way they've been showing. If that's the case, then I'm with you. And it's not just a preseason thing. Then I'm with you. Then they're pretty much maybe a dynasty. If their offense can Until score 30 points, Until they might I have be to a pay dynasty. Everybody. Yeah, well, they, yeah, okay, good point. They're a dynasty for one True. more. They're, yeah, that's a good point. But the same thing goes for these teams. And, and when we're talking about Super Bowls picked by ESPN the magazine and the ones picked by Sports Illustrated, they both had the Green Bay and, and, and the Saints. Maybe this is the year where it's almost like outscoring is the new form of the league, and it's just like innovation, movement, the the way the rules are. Uh, let's be honest. If the, if the if the refs are calling in season like they were this preseason, there wasn't enough the scoring off, in the league. Season has a lot of because we didn't have enough scoring in the league last year. Exactly. Jeez. But if that's the way the NFL wants to make this, because that's what sells and makes people excited, then so be it. Holy shit, our security is atrocious. Seriously, it's really bad. Password. Hmm, password. About yes? No way. It can't be. Jesus Christ, that is just baby town frolics. <laughs> ah, that's good times. But what I'm saying, the reason why I'm bringing that up is the, uh, the, the Green Bay Packers could be one of those juggernauts with the Saints 
Obviously, with the Broncos. The Broncos are being picked but, to win it as but, well. But, but hold on a second. But, the Broncos and the Saints have good defenses. The Broncos address their defensive needs. Demarcus Ware, Akib Talib. The Saints have a great defense. That's the difference. Look at the teams that were in the final four last year. Talib, the last defense, two playoffs. Defense. Has it been was San Francisco and Seattle, New England. Denver, and uh, who did Denver beat in the championship game? New England. New England. And New England had a solid defense last year. It's you still need defense. Valverde had a pretty solid. You know defense. what I've realized? Valverde. You know what I've realized? The teams that are the best teams in the league, they realize who their best players are on their team, and they realize when their contracts are coming up. As soon as their contracts are coming up, they start to draft that position. Yes, big time. And I don't see that out of non-smart teams. Hmm. I don't, That's interesting. Yeah, uh, San Fran. You want to know why? Defense or offense? Both. San Fran does it. San Seattle's, Fran, Seattle's, Seattle's been doing it. Yeah. Quite and a so bit. is New England. But both of the, but San Fran and New England stockpile draft, yeah, draft, draft picks. picks. Yes. And the other problem is the reason why other teams don't do it is because they failed and they missed on all their draft picks. Why are the Bears suffering on defense right now? Because of four failed fill, uh, 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 and Jerry Angelo drafts in a row. Four years in a row where you only got one guy that was a starter. Well, you're not, you don't like you know why? He takes the positions. Uh, that's an Emory pick. That's an Emory pick. He also okay. takes the positions that don't demand a lot of money. So it doesn't matter if they fail. And that's the point. Is that if you don't take the positions that can make a lot of money, then you're not, you're not actually building something. You're building mediocrity. You're, you're not taking the positions that can actually cash out three years from then, so you have to draft them again. That's the point. You need to get the positions that can cash out. You who, know, the, who, who else are you liking in this game? No, I think it's an amazing point. Uh, who else? Are you, uh, in this matchup, let's talk about this game, Packers at Seahawks. Is there any fantasy player that you think is going to, uh, you know, just so you guys know, listening audience, Dogmatica is going to be coming up with the rankings Thursday, Friday, and wrap them up on Saturday. Me and him are going to collaborate for a little bit and tighten them up for the last push on Sunday. We'll put those on Sunday, this Sunday, um, into the system and have our weekly rankings for week one into our site on Sunday. Our write-ups will be in a little bit more like Monday or Tuesday, and we will have write-ups for a ton of dudes. Um, this is kind of going to be our, we're really trying to lead with our player rankings and, and have amazing write-ups for everyone. And, uh, you know, just, we've been great with those things and we're the only people that write up and don't just list players. So we're really fired up to make awesome, awesome rankings, but we will be working hardcore on that over the next five days so that uh, come Tuesday evening, uh, I know that only gives you a couple days for the uh, the Thursday night game, but Come Tuesday evening, we will have awesome week one specific player rankings on our new site. Hope you guys are enjoying it. We're still flushing we'll out some of the stuff. always make sure pages, that when we do our write-ups, that the Thursday night player games, uh, Thursday night pl- players in the Thursday night games will always be done first. Yeah, those will be those will be wrapped up a little bit. It's kind of this small window where you get the games on Sunday from, you know, when you're playing again on Thursday. It's a small window, uh, but. We're going to master it this year because player rankings is our calling card. And we're fired up to bring that stuff to you. We're fired up with the new site. Like I was saying, it's, it, we're, we're flushing out and, and massaging it. 
On the next podcast, I'll give you an update on where things are on the Pyro Pro. Um, we've had some great strides forward on it in the development of it and the creation of it, and also have had some changes of approach to it in some regards. Uh, and we will be rolling it out as a beta available to any of you guys. Hopefully, all of you will use it this season. It's not going to be ready week one, um, which is a bummer and something that I didn't foresee happening. But I think everyone, we're not ch- planning on charging for it this year. We're going to make it a beta. We're going to make it a community-based thing. And you guys are going to hopefully help us give feedback because you guys know how you want to use our pyro information and our content. And we're going to build this thing together this season. And it's going to be friggin' amazing. And uh, we'll talk more about that the next podcast. And, again, next podcast is going to be all about these 16 games. we got one game oh, on wait, Thursday. Next podcast is... Episode one episode of one. the regular season. Episode yes. one. This is 29. It's sick. Un, numero uno. And then obviously there's also a great thing about neck, uh, week one's games. Not only do they do the Thursday night, which they always do, but uh, there's two games on Monday. So uh, that, that that's pretty fun. Those two games on Monday are the Giants at the Lions and the Chargers are at the Cardinals. That means if you're one of our East Coast friends... You're going to have to stay up late to yeah, catch that because it doesn't start for you till like 10 o'clock at night. Totally. Totally. Well, last thing I'm going to say. You want to say something? Yeah. Go for You're, it. We were talking about that Thursday night game. Quick other yeah, yeah, yeah. little give, things give just we'll, to give you a little we'll taste of it. Green Bay, every single position last year gave up easily top 10 points to the opposing running back, quarterback, wide receivers, and tight ends. That means Russell Wilson is going to have his way. At home, as is Lynch, as is Harvin, Curse, Baldwin, and Russell, and uh, 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 Luke Wilson, possibly even uh, who's the other uh, uh, Zach Miller. Zach Miller. The thing is, it's Kristen good. Michael. This is one of those. On the things, other side, this is a Thursday game where it does not hold to the old Thursday standards of no points. These are the Thursday games where it's early in the season. It's the first highlight game, and it's usually a blowout. There usually is a blowout. I don't see Green Bay doing a lot. Seattle is top ten at each defensive yeah. position, and if not top top, do they get their rings in this ceremony too? Is this yeah, when they they're handed their their hardware? Maybe I'm not sure, but remember Baltimore got screwed last year because the Orioles wouldn't reschedule an effing game yes. for them, and they had to play Denver on the road. Yeah. As a defending Super Bowl champ, so that's why this is the whole other flip on the whole script there. The thanks Orioles. Yeah. Thanks a lot. By the way, no. last thing we'll say. Last thing we'll say before we go, unless you got anything else to say about the game. No. Didn't that one guy the Cubs called up today? Didn't he have a home run? In his oh, first did he? Solaire home run. In his first first at bat really? home run. Wow, they got so many Shocker. young. Guys guys next guy came at bat. I don't even remember his name. The next dude home run. They uh, back to back. Alcantara home like the or, or, or yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that's it. That's it. He had a so the new guy first at bat in the minor in the major leagues after they bring him up. This, I, I'm gonna say this. Oh, jacked it. I'm a yeah, I'm a huge a White Sox fan, and my 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 friends that are Cub fans, but I've been like a band of the Cubs, and I kept telling them when this whole thing started of, of Theo Epstein coming yeah. in. I go, you guys have a plan now. I go, you should be very happy, and they were still bitching and moaning about the team. I go. Look at all of the talent that you guys are mad. I go, the they White Sox, like, I'm like, we have nothing. Thank God we got Jose Abreu. Yeah. Because we have nothing in our farm system. And thank God we lost 99 games and that we're going to get this Carlos Rondon who's going to potentially be the next Chris Sale to go with Chris Sale. But other than that, the Cubs have 
it's like player to player. You got El Con, uh, El Mezo Contra Solaire. You got Javier Baez. You got Chris Bryant, who they're not even bringing up, yeah. who's going to be flipping ridiculous. Don't cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> well, I got a funny, I got a funny email from Isaac, my our old buddy who's, who's had Cubs tickets forever. In the last five years, he's blowing you to give them away. He's like, you want to get, you want the tickets tonight? Ten years ago, I'd be like, yeah, it'll be hundred and fifty bucks. Now it's like. I'll buy you beers. Come pick them up. Yeah, <laughs> but he, he texted today after that one after that home run by Solara. Or Solara. He goes, yeah. Just so you know, unless you go to a game from with me this season for the remainder of the season or buy tickets, you're not allowed to get buy tickets from me or go to games with me in two years when they're awesome. <laughs> it's a great call. But that's all sitting on tickets for me? four years. What's amazing now? Yeah. is. There are, people, there are people who have been on the waiting list for 10 years, and now they've been coming up, and they're like, holy shit, what a time to Perfect get the opportunity time. to buy. Buy now, because in two years, it is going to be disgusting. The last thing I'll say is Pyromaniac, Houdini, Dogmatica, D-Rex, Stag Party. Buy now. Is where I go. If this is real.